0: Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Beto. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. And how are we, lads? It's only been a couple of days since we spoke, but it's uh, it's another lockdown weekend. Uh, how's things with you two?
1: Uh, all right, I suppose. Although, being honest, probably exactly the same as it was last week. Just another week indoors. Groundhog Day. Really. It is Groundhog Day. Laps of the golf course. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's... It's not gone to me yet, but give it time. I think it's going that way. I can see it.
0: I managed to uh, get myself locked out this week in my house. Uh, that was a, a fun thing to get into in a pandemic. I uh, I, was put, I was putting the bins out back in mine in the uh, in the back entry, and my uh, my back gate slammed shut on me. It was like ten o'clock at night as well, pitch black. I was like, "Oh shit! I can't even ring somebody to come and help here. I had to uh, wheel wheel over my uh, my trusty purple bin and use it to uh, scramble over my back wall into that back into the house again." None of Jesus. the neighbors, seemed, the next door neighbor's dog was kind of going a bit mad, but no one seemed to look out the windows or or, or really particularly care. Um, I definitely hurt my ankle coming down as well. Too old to be a uh, Going climbing like that broke a set of headphones as well in the air.
2: Uh, oh, in the process of oh, Yeah. No. What did that? How what, high is this fence? It's, it's, it's You've like seen my, it. Yeah, it's like my back I, gate. It's where uh, I can't remember Beno's fence, mate.
1: <laughs> it's a very memorable fence. Thanks, JP. I appreciate it's that. It's a cracking fence, mate. You did a really good job. <laughs> I remember.
0: It's pretty high. Like, it's pretty high. I'd say like uh, I don't know, maybe about uh, eleven feet, something like that. Um, and yeah, yeah. And I was so I had to literally use a bin to be able to reach like the top of the wall. And yet in doing so, I pulled off a piece of the wall and I'd, I've got like these big over-ear headphones that I use for podcasting and I'd happen to have them with me at the time and I'd put them on the floor out of the way for safekeeping and as yet, I could try to climb that bit of a wall. A brick came loose and smashed down and smashed them into about three different pieces. Luckily though, my phone was right next to my headphones, so it could have been much worse. Uh, but yeah, I made it back into the house, but yeah, I was thinking it was like, and usually in this circumstance, I'd ring, like, my dad's got a set of keys. i could ring my dad to come round to the house. I was like, well, he can't really come in the house. I can't get a neighbor's attention because the only solution there is if they let me into their house to get back through to the front. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, in a pandemic, you're kind of uh, stuck in those types
0: of situations.
1: Mate, that could have gone very badly wrong. I know <laughs> <'cause> why I'm <laughs> saying with a smile on my face. If that's quite funny. Because I could have spent the that night in a en- uh, Walton entry, uh, JP, where all of all you of- kept in Goodison. In fairness, <laughs> could not you? That would have been a good he would worked himself out. No one's in there. <laughs> have
2: a have a kick about in the morning. Good that's, weather at the minute. Do you so know good. the problem, Beno? <laughs> If you learned to bump better when you were trying to be a wrestler, you'd have been fine bumping from your fence. I know, yeah, been it, all mate. right.
0: I've lost all my instincts. I don't know what I'm doing. Um...
2: Exactly. Are you as Are you as sad as me? That like, when you get at any great height, when you're on something like that, do you, like I just imagine myself like on a cage about to do a dive off. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yes, yesterday we were talking a work call um the uh, jp was on there as well i think and someone was saying something about a trampoline and about how you know trampolines have they're like mesh netting on now hmm. yeah and i was saying like oh like when i go to going to trampoline i used to wrestle it was great uh and when they had a mesh netting on it'd be like oh cage match you just change <laughs> it up slightly. you could sort of do moves off the off the the netting like I don't know. Are you guys as sad as me in that as well? If I go up a ladder, I'm just. All I'm thinking of is. Oh, I'm going to pretend there's a belt at the top of this ladder.
0: Oh, yeah. Everything's (laughs) wrestling. It's like going on holiday. Like, uh, up. I've been like in my thirties on a on a beach holiday or, or next to a pool. If I'm jumping in a pool, I'm gonna be trying to do like a, a Randy Savage elbow or trying to do like a Swanton Bob or something. Never quite getting entirely over, but you know, trying my best. still
2: a bit frog. More, still splash, hits, really.
0: Frog splash is good <laughs> on frog splash is
2: good. I remember really um hurting like my torso by doing a frog splash into a pool once. It really stung, but it was worth it. It was a good frog splash. We yeah, <laughs> you respect
0: the pros. <laughs>
1: Any <laughs> Guerrero would have been proud mate
2: it was more RVD style mate it was oh, a bit uh, right, what, n- not as fluid as a uh, Guerrero more of a a looser uh, sort of rougher edge to it And you know you being the resident RVD of this podcast mate, you'd have been proud <laughs> as well
1: <laughs> I am proud even though I haven't seen it I can imagine you doing it I can imagine all the effort you'd put in as well, uh, well uh, I- you know like a D'Lo
0: Brown man like I'm a big Delo Brown frog splash kind of guy this weird like straight arm straight leg thing no one really does that
2: but he ain't got to worry about his chest because he'd be wearing the chest protector. Ah, uh, I mean. that's a point. Yeah, yeah, that's why he got away over there.
1: You, you too old for all this stuff, JP? I'm not. No, no. I used to do all this stuff, and I'd <laughs> still do it all today if I could get anywhere near a swimming pool. Which, at the minute, <laughs> would involve me having to walk a fair bit and then scaling a big fence into an open air one. So I'll, I won't be bothering. But yeah, definitely want to do those. i I'd, I'd always, forever be trying to do some sort of backflip in there. Because I'd be shitting myself of actually trying to do one, like, onto a proper mat. But we did have, near me, there was um, a place called New River Sports Stadium. And they had some crash mats. I'm probably sure i told this before, which we brought back into the house, like, for crash mats, for, like, um, triple, um, not triple jump, for high jump and pole vault. And we brought it back. And then me and my brother, we were, like, doing, like, elbows off the top of our shed which oh, really yeah. pissed off my mum. Wasn't happy. <laughs> like a neighbour. But you could do, like, some proper stuff, and it was a proper crash, mat, And I was just a fucking bumping machine <laughs> that then. Uh, me and my brother
0: broke like a load of like the the be- like beds and things like that in our house. I remember one particularly we broke we broke my woman and dad's bed doing like a powerbomb or something like that, and like the <laughs> basically one of the legs entirely fell off the bed uh, when we did it. So like we I think it was while we were out doing the shopping, so we kind of hooked the bed up and kind of balanced it on the broken leg. So it looked like the bed was still alright, and then my dad got back from shopping, sat on the bed, and it collapsed. And for years, it, it, he, he thought it was he. It was he thought he was convinced it was him that broke it, and we got away with it. I think I only admitted that it was us when I was like twenty twenty one or something. I was like, remember, remember that time when you thought you broke the bed because you sat on it? Nope, that was us doing a powerbomb. <laughs> Probably he
1: off, the, or did he just go well done lads?
0: I ah, found it funny no, Yeah, I think he
2: appreciated the uh,
0: the con that we worked on him there.
2: Yeah, good. The worst (laughs) type of beds for that were those. You know those ones with the wooden slats? Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I broke a few of them. Yeah, I remember doing an elbow drop. I actually remember it was after a football match. It was a Champions League match. I think it was, JP, it might have even been an Arsenal game that I was really pissed off at. It was that phase when Arsenal would underperform. Well, they often underperform the Champions League. (laughs) But it was when Arsenal were like, like, well, should have been world beaters. And Wenger would often bring Canu on late in games when Arsenal needed a goal in Champions League games. And it Mm. never worked. And I remember doing an elbow drop onto my bed and the bed just absolutely collapsing. And I was remember sleeping on like a kind of lopsided bed for a little while afterwards. Oh, yeah. So... It was a good elbow drop, though. Like, test of all people would have been proud, I reckon.
0: <laughs> I had a bed like that. Like, my, my little single bed in my in mum my and dad's house was like that, where, like, at least three of the slats were missing because I'd broken them at various times, doing, like, a, a stone-cold stunner or, yeah, maybe not quite a test elbow drop, though.
2: I tell you what, I tried yesterday. Uh, my girlfriend's been doing these workouts, these like combat-based workouts that are meant to be like MMA workouts. Mm. And I was like, uh, I tell you what, I'll give this a go. I was utter shit at it. She, she's like fucking amazing at it. Like I was, so, I couldn't believe how bad I was. Like there's a bit where you had to do different kicks, and there's a bit where you had to do like basically a a sweet shit music over and over. I cannot do it to save my life. And then you had to, you know, like Marty's low uh like super kick, just kidding, because a <laughs> yeah. little low kick. There were these like little low kicks as well, you have to do a little thrust. Couldn't do that. Um, there were all these little moves where she was like absolutely nailing them, and I just I just couldn't I gave up after about 20 minutes and was like, I'm just gonna run on the spot for a bit. That'll be my exercise today. And I was thinking when I was doing it, like Could never have been an MMA fire, but also I could never have been a wrestler. Like, the footwork you had to do on this thing. I was like, I cannot do my hands, my arms, and my legs at the same time. Like, it's too – I don't know if my my body is, like, too used to football because I, like, do moves as if I'm, like, playing football. I don't know. It's weird. But, yeah, I I realized yesterday that if I ever even consider trying to be a wrestler – it wouldn't have happened because my footwork would have been fucking awful.
0: <laughs> it's a different kind of fitness, mate. That's all it is.
2: Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe get her to try and do like DDP yoga. Maybe she'd be into that. Uh, nah, it's... Uh, she likes these really fucking intense workouts. Oh, okay. Like They're like to this... They've got like real like heavy like house music playing in the background and stuff. Oh, Jesus. And you've got all these like MMA bods on this stage, like just going absolutely mad and doing all this stuff and these really fluid motions. It was a bit where we were doing uppercuts. Tell you what, if one of those uppercuts are connected, she'd have knocked me out. Like <laughs> my, mine wouldn't have done a thing. Like hers were like absolutely perfect. I, I look like a mug, honestly. <laughs>
0: uh, JP,
2: you're the, you're the DDP yoga
0: guy, aren't you? You're on this podcast. You're the. Um, uh, you've yeah, I've been doing it, it
1: a couple of times. Uh, I've started getting back into it, so making sure I at least do it sort of three times a week normally in the morning before I start working um, to get it done. And it's it's all right. But, I mean, I've heard of some of these, like, there was a set of, there was, like, big things where they'd be, like, drum and bass and jungle-specific um, kind of workout classes and routines, just pumping out properly loud jungle and lots of middle-aged people just fucking teeing off. Do you ever a go? No, you think I'd be, like, especially the jungle one, I'd be well into it. Well, if they come near here, I I think at the minute it may not be the priority. I don't know how I feel about doing like a Zoom, uh, like, I don't know, jungle yoga session. That would be a bit weird. Do you put jungle on when you're doing your DDP yoga? I don't put jungle on when I'm playing DDP yoga. I end up listening to him.
2: Oh, because when I've done DDP yoga, I just mute him and end up, uh, on, or I have him on a low volume and then put yeah. b- mu- music on in the background, so I can I can hear like a bit of both quite often. And yeah, You can hear the and Hulk it
0: up. Well, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it <laughs> to the bridge. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, these uh, are. He's done well with that. To be fair, it's actually quite a. He was to... on CNN. Yeah, I saw that this week. Yeah, it was like about the uh, the lockdown,
1: wasn't it? Saying that he wasn't going to open yeah. his own business or something like that. As well, DDP gets around. He did say he voted for Brian Kemp, so I thought, oh, fucking hell, Dallas, did you even look at who the other candidate was? Is Kemp but, a Republican? Yeah, he's the one who's opening up Georgia. Mm. He's basically like a wrong de Sanctis. I don't know if he's just as bad at the minute because he's opened up before Florida has. Hmm. He's awful. And he kind of cheated to win that election as well. He's a lot of uh, voter suppression targets, particularly around African-American communities in Georgia. Real oh, really? Scumbag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, DeSantis does pretty much the same thing. Votes, voter suppression and the Republican Party, are uh, you know, they're like Vince. They're like, I don't know, Vince McMahon and being a
2: fucking cunt. Really. Well, just, they just go just hand have- in hand. We'll just have to drink some disinfectant and we'll be fine anyway, mate. So you know. Fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a thing. Uh, inject or drink bleach. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna sort you right out. The worst thing about that is that like people will literally do it. Like there are people who believe drunk to that. People who have. So that's a Three
2: New
1: Yorkers died. Fuck you. Are you crazy. joking? I think apparently there was some story about three New Yorkers dying. This could all be bullshit, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I read that. Three and it was suspected to do with um detergent that's fucking it's a death cult mate if you follow him it's a death cult (sighs) you're there you're there till you go down in some jim jones type way and he'll hype up anything because he's desperate for some miracle cure because he knows he's completely out of his depth isn't there the whole supreme court thing coming up about his taxes as well this week i think so that might well that could be part of the case i i don't know and i don't have any faith in the supreme court Oh, no, nor we- as not well, at this no. actually do anything about it. Not at this stage. But they're, they're back in, but they're, like, doing it by Zoom as well, which is probably good considering the age, particularly of, like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
2: Well, you know, it'd be nice if... Well, I'd say nice, but... <laughs> uh, maybe I'll stop sort no,
1: yeah, but, no, I see where you're you going. Know,
2: I know that it's slightly slanted towards the Republicans at the moment, that Supreme Court, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. where I'm going with this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How many, how many wrestlers do you reckon are Republicans? What percentage of wrestlers? Most like, of them. I think that because like I, I after, most. after we recorded last week, like the day after they saw this, all this kick off online because Cody Rhodes did like one of it, you know rover one of his joke tweets about uh, something about Sami Zayn should go back to Canada, and it was so obviously a joke, and Cody yeah. liked it. And were proper people like it's like I don't really care. Like I think Cody's a Republican to be honest. Like look at him. Like come on. Like him. I don't think you would be a
1: Trump Republican. Maybe I not. I think a normal not. kind of Republican someone, because he's a, they're all, Self-employed businessman, huh? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like the books
0: with with where they're from. I know the dads made certain comments about Trump before. They're definitely Republicans. Tony Khan, his dad's worth like fucking ten billion or something like that. Of course, he's a Republican. Like the fact that people get shocked by it, it's like it's like being shocked. You know, if you you found out tomorrow that Ric Flair voted for Trump, would you be shocked? Because I wouldn't. Like Jerry Lawler, (laughs) I'd
1: be be shocked if he didn't.
0: Yeah, Jerry Lawler was at a Trump rally.
1: Didn't shock me. He's a white. Relatively wealthy, God knows what his financial position is. Mm. Guy from who lives in fucking North Carolina. Yeah, what are you expecting oh it's it. It is like I
0: know you know we we'll like slag off the Tories and the Republicans on this podcast. that mm-hmm. That's I'm absolutely fine to continue doing. Yeah. that but like <laughs> our views, other views are out there as well, aren't they? Well, at the end of the day, look, the the, the, the Tories in our country, the Republicans, they're in charge because the majority of the voting people in those yeah. countries. Voted for them, so probably stands the reason that a lot of your uh, your heroes might not share the uh, the um, same
1: politics as you. Uh, tec- technically, not the Republicans. They got three million less. Oh votes yeah, with the whole electoral uh, system. Yeah, yeah, but it's the electoral. Yeah. College, but that's ba- it's
0: basically fifty percent, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I it is. Like, yeah, it it's ridiculous. It's like, the only the only person out of eight, I reckon Jericho is definitely the Republican. I reckon I think it'd be hilarious if like the only like top level dude in that company that isn't was MJF. With him just being such a troll, I bet he's a Democrat. <laughs> he's, he lives in New York, doesn't he? I I'd be surprised.
2: Ma- I know Omega's Canadian. Oh yeah, and he's. Yeah. But he- I'd be surprised if Omega was sided towards sort of the Republican end of things. I'd be really surprised at that, actually. Just uh, the- he doesn't know how to vote. Come on. Yeah, he's probably too <laughs> nerdy to know how to vote. Let's let's be honest there. But I, it would surprise me. What, Do you what reckon he's person? one of these?
1: They're all the same, so I don't vote for anyone. Type people. I
2: could see that. I think he's got more of a liberal outlook on life. Oh, generally. of course he would. Be, yeah. I think, I think mean, he just seems like quite an open-minded sort of guy. Um, yeah. But other than that, like, let's be honest here to continue, a, a line from last week, What are most wrestlers? Most wrestlers really are kind of quite alpha, aren't Mm. they? Especially those at the top of the game. Like, imagine if I can't see Shawn Michaels turning up at a ballot box and putting his uh, putting a vote down for the Democrats. Can you? No. I'd be amazed. And then you look at today, where the uh, you got the kind of um, weird meeting of Vince Triple H and Donald Trump. Oh God! Twitter with Stephanie on that bike as well. So you can add a fourth cunt in there as well. (laughs) And you, you just get like quaddy cunt basically in one in one image. Uh, yeah, Trump congratulating Triple H on twenty-five great years in WWE. You've you been know, great them twenty-five to, long
1: fucking years.
2: Yeah, great way to take a bit of time out during a global pandemic when you're having a really bad time of it. Possibly the worst week of your leadership. Just just congratulate uh, Triple H. To I me, it stop. feels like these alphas in. And it sounds like I've got some alpha-based vendetta. Yeah, I probably do. <laughs> uh, they're the worst out there, and they're proving it during a global pandemic because it's the most under threat the world has ever been to them and their own personal worlds. And all they care about is the worlds that they created and how they essentially run and rule the world for their own interest, their own personal gain. And it's interesting how they're all sort of banding together at this point in time, isn't it? To try and salvage things and keep things how it is. And, you know, even if that means uh, going to the lengths of putting employees in danger, um, disobeying various rules, paying off governments or local governments so that you're seen as an essential service while also advising citizens to to inject bleach into their veins, you know. Uh, they're a good lot of uh, these, uh, these right-wing uh, alpha males in America, and that goes for those uh, Tea Party twats who were funding all of those protests that were going on last week as well. So, yeah, big up the Republicans, especially the extreme wing of the Republicans, and especially the uh, white alpha male uh, wing of the Republicans, because hopefully the world is slowly slipping from their selfish grasp And hopefully it can come into the hands of some people who might have a little bit more generosity, might be a little bit more forward thinking, and might think of things other than markets, courtly profits, and projected income, and think those are the most important things in the world, because they're fucking not. Fair. Yeah, don't know where that came
1: from. So. <laughs> well, it leads in very nicely. Doesn't it? it kind of does I mean, I was gonna ask, did
0: you have a good time celebrating 25 years of Triple H, Joe? I mean, uh, have you not been, <laughs> you not been celebrating yourself and watching some old? We're doing like, you know, where I do like my watch alongs <laughs> with with, uh, with my group of mates. We've been doing like different yeah. categories. Like we had our uh, Mick Foley Hidden Gems night the other day. We did an In Your House night. Next week we're doing a Triple H night. So I'm gonna have to pick a Triple H match oh for us to God. watch. I don't even know but what. Zoom I... off. <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: what? That might be the one. Yeah. that's on the network as well, isn't it? We discovered this week. Yeah, uh,
0: he's, yeah. Not, he's not been benumbed from the network has he old uh, Buck J P. He
1: he hasn't yet. I'll, I'll, I'll save my magic of going into the story of Buck Zoomhoff when I've properly done the, the research. But um, <laughs> had a little more of a look at it and a, a look at one of his AWA matches. He's shit. There you go. <laughs> um, spoiler alert: He's not great. Oh. But um, yeah. That Triple H match, its I can't imagine what that's going to be like. Would that be when he first joined? When he first comes in in what? From the image I saw on the network, it looks like like
0: 96, 97 Triple H. Um, Yeah, when he was doing that bad British accent. Well, at least what he thought was a British oh, accent. Oh
1: yeah, the kinetic. After he was in the Blue Bloods
0: in in WCW. Yeah, and he basically just took Regal's gimmick and went straight to the WWF. Like I was um,
1: this week rising. the real glory days.
0: This week on one of our like watch along things I've been doing, when we watched him. Um, I was going to mention it later, but we watched some Shotgun Saturday Night, and he comes out <laughs> on commentary for that, and he like this is like the original Shotgun Saturday Night where it's in a proper nightclub. It's so we should. Honestly, we should watch these shows at some point for the podcast because it's like they're in an actual nightclub between all the matches. Like, they're playing all, like, 90s house music. There's all, like, these, like, grown-up clubbers in like shirts and ties like in the crowd you don't really know what's going on it's proper brit res as well because it's like a brit res sized nightclub all the while you've got like brett art making his entrance like it's a normal show looking around like he'd rather be anywhere else tom yeah. Pat- pettengill trying to interview girls in the crowd like it is the most on wwf like 19 early 1997 thing you would Ever imagined to exist, but somehow it does. Like those things, they've got to get on the network sometime soon. Uh, I'll, I'll get Austin another free and, trial for that.
2: Don't Austin and Terry Funk have like a massive brawl one in one of those clubs at one point? I remember seeing
0: that's yeah, I think so. And there's a big Nation in the Domination angle with um, yeah. D'Lo getting power bombed on the car. That's another big one. Uh, the one we watched Sid was in the main event, and you could imagine like in the heart oh. of New York in a club however, Sid was as the top babyface. It was like that is the perfect place for Sid to be as a wrestler just go out fist bumping the New Yorkers and uh, and go part Ima- imagine the party and afterwards that was the other thing on one of these shotgun shows we were, like we were watching they had, you know when Jake the Snake made this like late 1996 comeback they had him in the club doing matches and it was like he was a recovering really alcoholic cold. at that time. It's oh, like, could you imagine a worse place for Jake the Snake to be? Well,
2: oh. It's like Phil Mitchell for years owned the Queen Vic. Like a <laughs> fucking alcoholic! He didn't yeah. own the pub. I think he lived above it for years. Didn't make any sense. It's an sense. accident waiting to happen, isn't it? Well, it did. He slipped up plenty of times, didn't he, over the years?
1: Uh, yeah. It was yeah. I was always did could never get my head around that. during that period.
2: Uh, yeah, and then when he was into the crack, he burnt the vic down as well. While he was on the crack,
1: he would also <laughs> nicked a digger in one of the episodes. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the important stuff. This is what people come for. I don't know if he was pissed or he was on crack. He was one of the two, but he drove into a car.
2: <laughs> the crack was a great storyline. Like that was like absolute was. edgy EastEnders gold. Like I was. I was laughing my way for every single one of those episodes, like, absolutely loving it. Phil Mitchell, like, having some crack while listening to The Who was classic EastEnders right there.
0: What year was it With like, this was all going on?
2: I reckon 2010.
0: Oh, right, I... it's later than I thought. I thought you were going to say, like, late 90s, and, East... and um, EastEnders had, like, its own attitude there. This is, a uh... okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This what was way- going on between, ni- I'm trying to think about, like, sort of 99 in EastEnders. That would have been, like, Pat and Frank having the affair sort of thing. Mm. Uh, Frank running over Tiffany. Uh, Phil Mitchell crack. 2009. No, sorry, 2010, yeah. In June 2010, it was reported Phil would develop an addiction to crack cocaine. Amazing. That's the podcast we need.
0: We need to get you and Andy yeah. G together, Joe.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the uh, WWE stuff, anyway. Like, uh, what, what did you make of the? Because the other thing that came out right after we podcasted last week, and we got uh, we exercised all our WWE-related demons for uh, for two hours. Mm-hmm. And thanks to everyone for the, uh, the good feedback we received from that. I think people in yeah. just enjoyed that as uh, expressing hate on, on their behalf. Like uh, yeah, the that, that um, quote, the, the 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 quote was uh, oh, I can't remember what it was, what exactly it said, but it was John from Florida. Who's a allegedly a WWE employee who'd uh, he'd written in Adney JP to uh, was it like the the, the city in general uh, in Florida about how he was yeah. being forced to come to work and forced to touch his uh his colleagues and uh wasn't very happy about him
1: yeah yeah it's a scene about that um mm. what was it he was it was something like to the Orange count uh, it might I don't know if it's Orange County that they're based in mm. but I think he went to there because they 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 said it on on there and there's obviously been enough shots as well to see that social distancing isn't really being practiced mm. uh certainly not to the to the kind of best of the abilities and to be honest it sounds entirely plausible doesn't it for them mm. it's a com it is a company that's quite often as we've said last week in Illustrate, built on spite mm. that's what they're interested in and for the most part they are um they're not you know the the fact that people feel like they're effectively forced to go in Mm. that's you know because you know what vince McMahon's like he's 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 not in the real world Mm. so he's not acknowledging there's a coronavirus out there so any risks is just laziness on the talent's part so i i fully expect like this whether or not there is somebody from the office saying it god knows taping shouldn't be happening anyway should it no
0: no that's it I, I I mean my theory on it because it's it basically like I've just brought it up it was the the Orange County Board of uh, County Commissioners meeting right. a WWE employee named John submitted a public comment that they were being forced to work TV tapings and they couldn't speak out out of fear to get fired and I loved that WWE and Stephanie McMahon retweeted this as well that WWE were like well no all of the wrestlers as as others have have the uh, the right to not work these tapings and they can uh, they can make their complaint to HR rather than, rather than putting it out in uh, in news conferences and can uh, can absolutely uh, choose to uh, to not come to work and and on on a, a fear of reprisal from being fired. And it's like the cheek of saying that the week after, not even the week after, a few days after you'd released so many wrestlers. Like, if you're, I don't know who's an example, like a 205 flag, if you're like Ali and you're not happy about being dragged to work, like, sure... The, the idea of, oh, yeah, Arlie oh, can just come forward and, and, and say, oh, no, I don't want to come to work and not have to worry about being on that next li- list of releases next week or doesn't have to worry about getting buried even more, you know, on Raw and SmackDown and 205 Live over the next few weeks. It's just a fantasy. It's, it's, it's like anything, yeah. isn't it? The, the idea that they've got a choice. It's like any employer. Imagine it in your own work. Like, well, you, you don't have to come to work, but, you know, we'd like you to. It means they want you to come to work.
2: And the HR thing, nah. HR are often a tool for management in my experience at times. I've done that um, too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a ridiculous thing to say. And just told, uh, isn't our brand great, Stephanie McMahon? Hey, I'm going to go to some classes where I'm going to learn to cry so I can show real, genuine emotion and empathy while on screen. And all the bollocks she likes to boast about when it comes to their kind of uh, philanthropic approach to the world as well which uh, they, they, they don't believe the world exists outside of wwe so nothing they do comes across as genuine or real by any means whatsoever at this point this company feel like they are living to basically please shareholders yeah. and to basically kind of try and worm their way through four meetings that occur during a year. What I hate about the world is when um, essentially big business rules and quarterly meetings based around projected profits are essentially what rules the fucking world and dictates how people feel and what pressure people's jobs are under it's the worst fucking system and i know i sound like some radical lefty here by ranting about this but for someone to basically want to go into a meeting feeling more secure in themselves when talking to fucking shareholders so we can try and impress them nah it's not on it's not fair world needs to fucking change we've got the chance to change it during this the likes of vince need to do one need to fuck off i need to think about proper systemic change during this and i'm ranting again and i'm basically saying the same things that i was before but whoever john is i commend john john's a top fucking bloke i've got john's back i'm sure the entirety of the grapple family and the grapple community <laughs> have got john's back there need to be more johns john one john two hopefully they don't become john doe anytime soon as a result of these <laughs> lot. but hopefully there are more fucking johns who come out of the woodwork and put it to this lot because there are fucking disgrace and you know what AEW going live again not much better either just as bad yeah that's gotta be not just as
0: bad actually that's a that's the wrong way of putting it for this particular part of the story just as bad for all the other things that we have done over this last week nowhere near as bad and that's wait maybe why you don't hear as loud criticism but like they they absolutely are in the same boat here they basic they're using the excuse of wwe are running and Florida have said it's okay for sports, so they're yeah. trying to sneak into like in two, two weeks from now. JOP going back to live tapings, Like, what is it with wrestling? Why can't like what? What's so bad about an off season? Why can't like, Why can't these promotions shut down for the sake of a month? I, I, I know Tony Khan was quote used voices of wrestling on their Patreon. Got a quote from him where he said that basically their only income is this t is this TV deal, and they'd be a breach of they he outright said to them. They and I know Vince has denied this on the stock call that we'll get to in a minute from the WWE point of view. But basically, Coney Khan said that AW would be in breach of the TNT uh, deal if they weren't providing new content. So they've got to. I don't know to me, that says so much about wrestling in general, though, isn't it? Like, what are the sporters so afraid of having even a, a forced off season and a pandemic? Would it be the end of the world for AW to just wait for wait, wait four weeks, let May go by? And then maybe in June, maybe then, maybe we'll see how the world's looking at that point. Like, are these next four weeks so, so important? Like, I just, I think it, to me, it, it speaks to like the, the small amount of power these wrestling companies have with the TV networks. You know, any other reasonable sport can mm. take three to six. Like, how many months of the year is the NFL not running? Is it about six? Like, that's fine. Yeah. But wrestling's got so little power, like, that even in a pandemic, We can't take a month off and have an off-season.
1: kind of explains why WWE have never had one. Well, it's really strange, isn't it? And I think it's partly because WWE have never had an off-season and I think they look at them as the industry leaders and that's why that's the case. Mm. I think it's partly because a lot of these channels don't treat it as sport. Mm. And with sport, an off-season comes into the package. And an off-season's a good thing because if there was just walled the opposite of what there is at the minute and just wall to wall football. Like it often feels, I feel so burnt out with that. Mm. I need an off season. Yeah. We all need off seasons. Off seasons are good. The idea of people being able to have a month off with their family, Mm. you know, spend some real quality time with them and then come back refreshed. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. You don't want to see the same people on all the time every week because after a while there does become a fatigue. And that happens with TV shows and anything. So the idea of them not having an off-season and not pushing for it, I mean, it's ridiculous. And when they say new content, Mm. I'll talk a bit about the TV show later on. I mean, a lot of it is made up now at this point. There's There's a heavy amount of packages on there to pad out the fact that they're not really having as many matches on each show, which is absolutely fine for what it is and it works new content they could be more creative about the stuff that they make and they put on there documentaries yeah documentaries they had this whole big promo bit with scorpio sky on this week and about his background they're starting that up and that's just packages to build people up Mm. to build up um the expectation but i don't know they like you say i think they end up cowering to tv companies a lot of the time because they that's the main source of income, isn't it? Mm. Um, and you talk about the quarter reports, the fact they're probably going to be going out of the live show business, WWE, in terms of their house shows. Um, it could be a big money loser. Then mm. going on the road, if you're not selling out the building, depending on what the rent is for it as well. So when he talks about it being their only income, there is some merch that's going to be sold. And what were the TV costs for each episode? Wasn't the production something like about, I don't want to say half a million a week. That sounds absolutely crazy. But it was a couple hundred was, thousand. This is AEW. Yeah, I remember yeah, that number. Yeah, couple hundred passed, thousand. Passed it might be closer to about six, seven hundred thousand for WWE. It could even be up to a million by this point. Mm. Um, you know, the amount that they that they're actually end up saving by not having to rotate a lot of these around, not needing the kind of big rigs, having to pay for the transport, make sure you've got the satellite feeds, all of those types of things. They're not as much into the cost. Eh? I, I yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You don't even get an international break in wrestling. You know what I mean? You
0: don't even get like yeah. that week where England have got, have got like three games a Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, and you yeah, the, the Prem takes a week off. You don't even get that. Like it's just yeah, yeah. It just it to me it just speaks to you yeah, the lack of power there. Uh, but yeah like you said Joe like AEW <laughs> Do deserve, you know, the criticism. I've seen them get plenty of criticism for this, and they deserve it. Like this was an, like we said a couple of weeks ago, AEW has an open goal here to just keep quiet, you know. Do what Ring of Honor are doing. Just, just do what New Japan are doing. Just take some, take some time away. Pay your wrestlers. You know, use your reserves. You know, again. Tony Khan's dad's worth about ten billion. You know they're not gonna they're not yep. gonna be on the streets for the for, for losing a few weeks' worth of TV money. I just I just don't get why um, again, running TV shows is just something that th- these companies can't seem to avoid, and why AW have been o- unable to take this open goal of being the moral company over what WWE are. Well,
2: the thing I've wondered about this whole thing is you never hear anything about the wrestling companies having dialogue with the tv company Mm. it feels like it's a decision that has been made by the wrestling company based on the contract but it doesn't feel like they've gone back and tried to sort of renegotiate an element of it or say right look this is the pandemic we're in the middle of putting our wrestlers in this position is a risk like what can we do is there a contingency and i'm not saying you know these tv companies are going to be super nice people who bend over and go yeah you go for it but surely there's some sort of negotiation that can take place surely it's worth going to said tv company going to tnt and having a word at least to see what your options are lay them out at least are are sitcoms filming a that, drama that, was the up, that was the other example I was about to go on to, JP. Yeah, that, you know the whole industry is closed down, mm. but wrestling feels like it's the most self-important, deluded industry. I'm not saying wrestling I mean U.S. based, U.S. mainstream wrestling. Yeah, I
0: made that mistake last week. Don't do that. <laughs>
2: it's a, like it's embarrassing. It really is. I'm embarrassed to be a wrestling fan at the moment, and I've been embarrassed to be a wrestling fan really since I was probably at school. So there you go. Yeah,
0: that that's how I felt like last week when, you know, the the anger kind of boiled over. That was where I was coming from. That yeah, it makes you you're the guy who's the wrestling fan, and you almost feel like you were saying about your casual mates only see wrestling as WWE and you're the guy that the message when this news makes mainstream TV and you almost feel like you've got to defend it, don't you? Or like you're in a way responsible for this weird, carny world that refuses to just, you know, quieten down for a few weeks and maybe put their, their performers health at at the forefront. And again, you know, the thing AEW says and I, I think I believe them do you believe AEW more
2: than WWE when they say you're not going to be punished for not coming to TV? I think Yeah, because AEW haven't got the track record. And I think Tony Khan obviously knows about the history of the business. He knows all about Vince's rep. Hmm. And I think he is trying to still appeal somewhat to that hardcore element of the fan base like us and sort of yeah. keep us outside.
0: Yeah, he knows that. I think. I think. I, I. I agree with that. I think that's it. I think that they, they know better. And I think the it sounds like the wrestlers there. I think it's a it's a double sided coin though, because the wrestlers who aren't going seem to feel comfortable with not going and feel like they've made you know a fair decision. They're not going to get punished for. But the problem is, I think the wrestlers there feel, if anything, loyalty to Tony Khan. It sounds like from the reports we've read. And there's wrestlers who are probably going to appear at those shows because they feel like they they owe it to AEW and to this you know this big company that's. That's taking a chance on them, and again, the answer comes just like with WWE. Don't put your wrestlers in that position. Like that's sure. That that's that's all it would take. Uh, and yet, it just even Impact are doing it. Impact are still Impact. You know, got kind of to go under the radar because it's only fucking Impact. But they're continuing to run shows, and they've even got an angle over it. You know, my, I think it's Michael Elgin and Tessa Blanchard. And Tessa Blanchard is is like smart enough to stay home. And she's basically said, I'm not coming to work. You can get lost. And and Mike Elgin's one of the people who's gone to work. And the whole feud is built around the fact that Mike Elgin's come to work and Tessa Blanchard is not willing to risk the safety of her family to come to work. And they're not presenting as a heel. They're just making it the story. And it's just like,
1: yeah, even them. That's a like... very Don Callis-style angle. Oh, of course is. it is, yeah. Very, is. very TNA.
2: Oh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Don Simpson there for a second, JB. <laughs> oh, no.
1: That'd uh. be a completely different much wilder story that one yeah
2: <laughs> i think one of the things is as well i was thinking about you know that vince quote about um he never asked one of his performers to do something that he wouldn't do mm. and it's like yeah this is the prime example of that and then he didn't he appear on smackdown last night as well he did you know,
0: uh, it was like... in a cringe inducing segment where he was uh, putting over 25 years of triple
2: h did you
1: watch it I've seen like a couple of clips on Twitter. I'm not
0: watching SmackDown at this point, John.
1: He sounds like a fucking mess, Mm. Vince. Like his voice and everything else between it as well. He's still trying to be that same character, but he looks very frail. Mm. I think. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) But he does. He he just doesn't look like. I don't know. It it just seems so bullshitty and self congratulatory, and like
2: Piper's WCW
1: run. Yeah,
2: yeah, you could say that.
1: Yeah, very <laughs> self-congratulatory. Yeah, yeah, he looked like he looked like a fucking mess. I had no interest in watching the rest of that segment. I think I might have watched all of twenty-five seconds because I thought these two are a shower of pricks, so yeah. I want no part of it. Well, he's
0: had their. Uh, he's had another fun week then. So you know, he's obviously in a in a good mood, like you alluded to before, Joe. Yeah, they had their uh, their earnings report, and while obviously this is the quarter leading up to WrestleMania, so it doesn't include the layoffs. Like for any of the dickheads who either. Listen to our podcast last week and thought we were being harsh on WWE. I've not heard from anyone who said that. I think we've got a got a solid listenership there. But there are definitely plenty of people on Twitter, I found myself arguing with Sunday night, you know, who will literally defend anything. Oh, you know, it's like any other business. They've just got to keep themselves in comp- in business. That's all it is. They're struggling. Like, I, I honestly genuinely consider JP linking every single one of those people who were doing my editing and my mentions last week to the 2 TV quarter this report because if you think this is a company that's struggling for money, there's a reason, you know, there's a reason they're continuing on with these TV these TV tapings. It's it's because of the T V deals, as we mentioned mm. earlier with AEW, and because of those TV deals, they're still gonna be making a shit ton of money this year. And like that they for, for the first quarter, for anyone who says "Oh, they you know, they, they can't they can't afford to pay the what 2 million worth of wages, I think 4 million in total costs for, for the employees and wrestlers that they, they sacked there. this month. They made 26 million in profit last month. And they're going to continue to make profit this year. I saw Brandon Howard say that, that it's likely, you know, if things kind of say, stay as they are. And there's no guarantee of that. They're probably going to have record profits this year. And that's all this was about, this, this entire thing. If you if next month they make another 26 million in profits, okay, yeah. You know the wrestler wages of the uh, and the uh, the staff wages of the people that he sacked might have uh, taken that down to twenty one million, but they were still making twenty one million in profit with a hundred million in the bank that they can use for, for for you know for rainy days like this with you know another four hundred million that that involves I think a line of credit and different things that they own. They are not a company that's struggling by any means, and yeah, it was. Just for anyone who's still on that, following that line of defending WWE in, in the situation, in the situation of sacking wrestlers during a pandemic, just take five minutes to read this thing and see how much money hand over fist this company is gonna continue to make this year. And again, Brandon, Brandon did the good work on WrestleNomics and, and worked out, you know, how much and they'd still be in profit, how much money they'd make this year. Uh, even if they didn't run another live show this year even if the situation stayed the same and it's all purely the mega bucks they're making from that tv money like wwe is uh is not the type of business that needs to be sacking its workers
1: to stay afloat they're going to be staying afloat no matter what they do this year oh yeah they saved 2.1 million with all that talent and producer cuts right so It's only going to be the next quarter that a lot of that stuff comes in. Mm. To put some context on it, and I'm going to read this directly from this week's Observer, Vince McMahon's quarterly dividend is (laughs) $4,591,612. He paid himself. He's paid himself. If he personally cut that in half from $18,366,448 per year down to 9 dollars 9.18 Nine point one eight million dollars. The leftover money is more than the total salary of every producer and performer and producer cut combined for the year. A saving of about eight point four million. So it doesn't need to happen and the money has gone into his own pocket. Because mm-hmm. the money's his mm-hmm. and all wrestling money is his. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the like and- WWE version of austerity to some extent. And these Vincels who come out and get all fucking, like, you know, absolutely defensive, why? Because they really liked WWF when they were kids. It's like, get over it. Hmm. I'm an Arsenal fan. Arsenal do tons and tons of shitty things. And I'm not in denial over it. Likewise, the, yourselves, you know, there's a, there are those fans who are, who yeah. completely, and we see this at the moment with, like, the Saudis and Newcastle, see it with Manchester City as well. And people who defend things that are generally quite indefensible. Have because you seen they love some of these club.
2: Newcastle fans, mate? Putting oh. Mohammed bin Sal- Salman as their um, yeah. like avatars and the rest. Oh, yeah. And telling people that like, oh, their politics has nothing to do with us. Why don't we keep out of it? It's like, oh. oh, just do a little bit of reading, please.
1: I did hear about the Newcastle media conspiracy, and I was like, you fucking what? I didn't see that. What was that one? Oh, it- there were some of them complaining about an anti-Newcastle media conspiracy which seems to happen at all 20 premier league tactics yeah but every club every club's fans complain about that it it doesn't exist as Mm. well but yeah but with wrestling it's it's similar but worse because they're even much more fucking incel like than the Newcastle fans
0: Oh yeah, it's it, it's like um if anything, it's it's where it's it's like everything. Politics even, everything is red yeah. versus blue. Everything in the world right now is like team sports and there are one, people
1: one it... side likes to politicize it every single time. Yeah, and you kind I'll of give kind you of... a clue it's not the left. <laughs> But even in saying that, that's kind of that's kind of the
0: world we're in now, isn't it? Where everything uh-huh. is divided along lines. like even when it comes to wrestling, AEW versus WWE, like they'll be like people going, "Yeah, but you know, Shad Khan sacked a load of his work, is from his company. It's like, yeah, that's terrible too. Who said it was good? <laughs> it's it's yeah. that it's that Trump whataboutism, isn't it? That's where it kind of links really well into politics. Yes.
1: False equivalency as well. Mm. There's this bad thing and then there's this bad thing. So they must be exactly the same because they're both bad for things. Yeah. And that's a very childish way of looking at the world. Mm. There is context and various other things, but none of them come out. Well, I mean, AEW, obviously not as bad as WWE, but like Joe had said before, absolutely fucking piss poor. And there's, and you hoped for better. And he just went at the first opportunity. That little carny gene that fucking exists in wrestlers, had to, you know, and in wrestling companies had to fucking show itself yet again. And it doesn't need to happen. These shows don't need to exist. I don't know.
2: Yeah, they don't. So just to say for Newcastle, it wasn't all of their fans that were reacting like that. I did see some Newcastle fans saying, like, I can't support this oh, club yeah. anymore. Like, I can't go to a game again. But like with an oppressive re- regime basically running my football club, this isn't on. And I feel genuinely sorry for for those sorts of people because you know a football club something that a lot of people hold close to um, Especially Especially you know. Newcastle, yeah. As a, as a you look one at club passion city. up there for it, you'd have to have a chat with your stepdad, JP, see how I he feels about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let <laughs> he, us would, know. he wouldn't be happy. He's he's good labour
2: man. yeah yeah um but yeah i think with this one like the whole wwe versus AEW argument look i i I wouldn't say i'm on either side because i don't care but I like watching AEW's product because it feels fresh and it feels like the person who runs it cares about wrestling. So I suppose it puts me on the AEW side of the argument. If if you've got to basically pick a side, but in pick this, pick a billionaire, like, Joe. If you
0: got you got to pick a billionaire. <laughs> I,
2: I'm I, I, I'm, just, I'm taking a break, mate. I'm just not <laughs> watching any of this stuff. Yeah, I'll end up watching the pay per view, but I'm not watching anyone's shows until this is over. I'm really not, and. I might get tempted at times. I was tempted to watch the Swagger uh, Moxley match, and just I thought, oh, ah, no, you know what? I'm not going to bother. I, like, I don't want to watch the empty arena. Shite. like, uh, yeah, I'm not picking a fucking side on this. Like, I'm just sitting it out because, from an ethical standpoint, it all feels so wrong. And it feels uh, I, I basically until Tony Khan comes back and says TNT are saying that I cannot cancel my shows or take a break or I'm going to have to return this much money. And that means I will have to lay off this number of wrestlers for this reason. Uh, there's no support from me there.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, on the uh, the Saudi thing, as you, you mentioned, Newcastle before, the, the, the we were saying just a couple of notes from the conference call that there is going to be another Saudi event this year, apparently. If it doesn't happen this year, it's going to get tacked onto the end of the deal. So they're not losing any money there. Uh, again, you know, the TV rights. That's the main thing. That's the yeah. main thing, yeah. The TV rights what? fees are through the, what was that, job?
2: Well wasn't there talk of Shane McMahon
0: taking Newcastle over at one point? That was the story. Back when they, then when the story yeah, was yeah. constantly about Shane McMahon, I think he had the original NXT UK idea. I think around that time there was also stories about him taking over Newcastle.
2: Yeah, it was Pride, then it was Newcastle at one point. Man, I'd lo- I'd have loved it if Shane had taken over Newcastle. That'd have been fucking awesome, imagine <laughs> it. If you're you gotta make your turn a in universe out of it,
1: Shane. in in the um, midst in the mid-2000s, he tries to do some sort of Pride-Newcastle crossover deal. Oh, Brings Vandalay silver and Rampage-Jackson to fucking <laughs> uh, mate, to, I reckon, to Newcastle. I
2: reckon, I reckon he'd do a dive. I reckon Newcastle would get a big pay-per-view. He'd do a dive at the top of St. James's. <laughs> you could see it now, couldn't you? They could run a show, you then. could, not you? They could beat the cons to the, to the UK stadium show, then. They could... Uh, I'm just imagining doing like a Newcastle Legends night. Shame a man and Gazza hanging out for the night. That'd be something I'd want to see. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to get MBS and Gazza hanging out instead. That's going to be tragic. Oh. Oh. As if Gaz's life wasn't tragic enough.
0: Who do you reckon yeah. like a cool, cooler billionaire's son, Shane or, or Tony Khan? Is it Shane right
2: now? Uh, mm, he, a Shane... Likes a note, he likes a note out, doesn't he though, Tone? Mm. Mate, so does Shane. You've seen the pictures of an Undertaker before. No, what's, <laughs> this? what's oh, this? oh, there's great pics of him and Undertaker in some bar after the Hell in a Cell somewhere in, I think it's Austin, Texas. They're like in some hipster bar. I'll oh, find the pictures, they're awesome. They're having a great time and Shane's taking pictures of all these fans and they're just loving it, like just people in this bar. But the, oh, you hear Raven's stories about Shane back in the day as well. Shane knew at a party with the best of them back in the day. All
1: sounds very succession, doesn't it, JP? Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? <laughs> Get a few bros in
0: there. Yeah, definitely. That would be perfect. Oh. But yeah, I was gonna say like from from like the other like big. We're not like we're not the podcast to uh, come through the uh, the quarterly WWE reviews. If you want that, go to WrestleNomics, Go to post and uh, see John and Wade do we? Uh, but it. But in but in general, like just a couple of, like oh, another big thing that jumped out for me was Vince in the Q and A bit saying that WrestleMania did off the, was an off the chart success this year. I'm like. He's a fucking crazy old cunt, and I still think it was a bad call morally, creatively. God, that second show was you know was was bad enough to make me think the whole idea was a bad idea. But the thing that I worried was going to happen did happen. Remember a couple of weeks ago, when, before mania, when we were talking about it, and again, you know, name dropping one more time, Brandon Howard had said he was estimating that WrestleMania was going to do as well as ever it looks like it genuinely did it looks like they've got the the network subs at just over 2 million they get 2.1 million sub- subscribers they don't and they're very careful about that on the q and was listening yeah. to it, and one of the guy one of the uh, the investors said so can you give us some uh, can you break that down for us can you uh, can you can you let us know how many of those were free and the WWE was like no nah, i'm not going to tell you that <laughs> it's just like so i imagine of that 2.1 million A good chunk of free subscribers. Uh, So I think if you you want to estimate at all, I think that the paid subscribers a couple of weeks before was 1.4 million. So, you know, extra 600,000 turn up, extra 700,000 even. I wonder how many of those people are actually paying. But yeah, WrestleMania last year had a breakdown of 2 million total subscribers. And WrestleMania this year, if anything, had slightly more. I worry about like, not even worry because I don't care about them, but from their point of view, I wonder how many people watched that. We're very disappointed, and their I don't know general thoughts on WWE have uh, have gone down like our ours have. But yeah, it, I don't want to say in fairness to them, but I suppose in fairness, to crazy old Vince McMahon. It actually did all right, WrestleMania. Whereas, you know, a month ago, I thought the uh, the thing was going to die a death. The uh, the studio WrestleMania, I didn't expect that many. did you think it was just so many of us were were locked down and we just all we all watched it for a laugh and hate watched it? Uh,
1: I don't know. Does that number surprise you guys at all? It really surprised me because mm. um, I I know I remember you saying about this before um, and about brand uh, and about Brandon Thurston being able to predict um, like effectively that they were going to that they were going to do quite well mm. i don't i'm shocked but i often wonder whether or not i mean we it's that casual audience it's that older audience which for whom it's it's just like kind of a habit and how much do they spend on that production anyway and having to hire the stadium so there's a lot of the costs obviously have gone out of the way as well I it's disappointing I'll be honest with you. From a fan point of view, it is, isn't it, that it was a business yeah. success? That's annoying. I wish it wasn't. It it's, it'll set the it sets the bad precedent with them all the time, isn't it? Yeah. You know the way when something they do something that works and you go, oh fuck me, I don't like this, and they're going to do this to death. Cinematic wrestling is oh, honestly going to be one of those He said that on the things. conference
0: call. He was like, we're going to be doing uh, experimenting with that even more going forward. It's like oh, for making movies. It. That's what they do. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, let's be honest here. Let's just see. You know. If if, Next time a big show comes around, Mm. are they going to offer the free gimmick? They probably will, because they're desperate to inflate a number so they can lie and fudge their way through one of the four most important uh, things that happens in WWE each year. And those four most important things is the same thing every three fucking months at this point. So, yeah, they're going to carry on fudging this. And I was a little bit surprised, not going to lie, as you two were. But I just think to myself... No one. Ah, That's 600,000 who was signed up. I reckon 100,000 max were paying for that, of those 600,000 that signed up. I think mean, there were loads were doing the free gimmick, taking advantage of it. You know, uh, <laughs> global pandemic, people aren't doing much, and you can get WrestleMania for free. Oh, people- think, about, think about this way, though, right? Uh, this is WrestleMania in an empty arena for free. Think how much they've devalued WrestleMania and they don't even care because they can fudge their way through a quarterly fucking meeting again and try and make something look impressive, right? Can you imagine, say, and they've not exactly behaved well, imagine UFC giving a McGregor fight away for free. Do you reckon that would ever happen? Not going to happen, is it? You're not going to have ESPN Plus going, yeah, sign up for three to watch conor mcgregor versus i don't know khabib or tony ferguson or someone like this is at this point it just to me sort of represents wwe's mode of fudging being desperate and doing anything to basically look impressive and then fudge the stats and make some fake stats up afterwards to get themselves through something like we've entered a weird sort of well we've been there for a long time now but it's almost like uh, a form of WWE hypernormalization normalization to, to use mm. a term.
0: It's a work, isn't it? The whole thing's a work. It's, uh, yeah. it's yeah. a bit of a man being a carny. Like, I wonder, because yeah. the other thing he said on the Q&A was that uh, they're still close for a content deal for the network. Like, he's... Desper- he knows he knows they're not growing that network number anymore he's desperate to sell the rights to pay-per-views like that's that's coming i love that he can like the xFL he can blame the pandemic on why that deal hasn't gone through but if uh, people still remember he said he said that that deal was going to get wrapped up in january so you know uh, i think he's uh he's, he's using the pandemic a little bit there um, i think
1: that that lawsuit that the xFL commissioner has oh put that's in, another big story this week isn't it? Oliver, I, Oliver I, is Oliver look is his I, name in Oliver, look, that's it. Did you so hear what he did? They... He sacked him the day before he went out of business. Yep. Amazing. And then and then, and then, declared bankruptcy oh, so they didn't have cunt. to pay him off. And he was on like a $20 million. He was on like a very big contract. And he's a very well-respected name. Hmm. So like in terms of as an administrator. So if Vince ever tries to do something like that again, I think he may well have fucked it. Although I can't see it happening. Because he's got his perfect out there, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, he has. yeah. And they've kind of he's, he's he, he went one more time trying to go into the real sports world he's fucked it. He, like he's he's come out of it. I think the the numbers actually work out that like Vince should be losing hundreds of millions on it, and it turns out he's losing tens of millions on it because again the bankruptcy. He's not going to pay any. I think like, a lot of the coaches and the players are owed money. He sacked yeah. all of he sacked all of the day before so that he wouldn't be a creditor, and then he loaned the league money himself so that he'd be the chief creditor. And, and he's basically got any any money that comes out of sale of like, XFL's assets, it's going straight back to Vince McMahon. He is. He's, he's. He's the the dodgy business, man. He is like, you know, when you talk about Trump funnel funneling money to his uh, rich friends, like Vincent Mann is like the uh, the chief yeah. benefactor of that, right? The fact that that's an allowable thing that he can do is just oh,
1: absolutely. Trump hilarious. funnels money to himself every oh. time he goes and plays golf at one of his clubs. Oh, he so have to pay for security and everything else, <laughs> and that money they have to pay that to the Trump businesses. Do you, do you think anyone's actually going to pay for this? Do you
0: think? Because it is all a work, like you were saying there, Joe. Like I, I think a lot of this is grandstanding, and a lot of this is just that they don't care that maybe 600,000 of the people who watch WrestleMania for free watch it for free. Because they can say 2.1 million people watch WrestleMania, yeah. and that looks impressive, doesn't it, to a, an ESPN or maybe a, another company who
2: doesn't know any better. Yeah. I think they're going to get a good deal for it. Well, they're willing to just fudge anything at the moment and find a way to spin it Mm. to get their way through something, basically. And like I said, it's all about getting a TV deal and fudging their way through four meetings a year, basically. Mm. And it's just the fucking shame of it, to be honest with you. And I, 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 you know, I think I've said it time and time again, fucking markets courtly fucking meetings i ate them i'm not a biz. i'm not a business person at all i don't have that sort of mind and i don't have that sort of mentality where i can i don't know roll people over in order to impress my fucking shareholders i just don't have that sort of attitude and i don't think it's an impressive attitude and i'm not impressed by someone who i don't know makes millions or billions of the business world by ma- by basically playing a game you know i've i'm just uh, i've got a vision of vince in my head now using that uh cutty quote from the uh, the wire the game don't change just imagining vince uh, <laughs> saying that now i just came across some pictures as well actually in saudi arabia of a dinner so vince is at a dinner with, with the saudis do you know sat sort of but next to vince do you know he's got sat next to him at this big roster dinner no go on lesnar do you know sat next to lesnar no undertaker <laughs> all the alpha boys i'm <laughs> sat next to brock and get taker next to him <laughs> just imagine now can't you uh, what's sat next to i don't know kevin owens is, with Sammy
0: Zane, is it it's only and you know brock's like we were talking earlier brock's a republican of course he is brock's all about himself undertaker Ooh. nailed on all lives matter, Republican. The Undertaker.
1: Uh, yeah, like he'll be a coronavirus denier. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of them about Dude, the, the Undertaker. Undertaker. He's got some pretty dipshittery views. Oh I yeah, how do you know he's this? Got... He, he he's poached... a very, he's a maga head. Yeah, and he they is. They've, and they are. There's a death cult, like I said earlier on. Really, yeah. I, I didn't know anything about. Yeah, they, they follow anything that great, li- anything that great leader says. Yeah, he's gone on right. like podcasts of like right wing
0: people, uh, very right wing people. He's posted, he's turned up in, he's like he wears like you know that whole blue lives matter thing about our yeah. pop lives matter. He's wore those t shirts before on his Instagram. I've yeah, I mean, seen. This. But are you shocked? Like, would you? I would have pegged him to take it as a as a. Is he Southern? Southern Republican? Right? Yeah, he's... Of course, cr- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked by that, to be honest. Um, but they all deserve each other, you know, Trump, Vince. Like, they'll love it anyway, because tri- oh, the other thing at that conference call was Triple H was talking about how they've got this magic spray that they spray all over the ring, and it uh, it coats it for, uh, I think he said, like 90 days, prevents the spread of bacteria, prevents the coronavirus. Better not have uh, let Trump hear him talking about that, because uh, that'll be the next thing that they'll uh, be trying to sell to uh, to Trump.
1: I was going to say, what is it, Bleach? Is that, oh. is, that, is that the miracle <laughs> I think thing about, that think game needs to be putting on? <laughs> I think that's
0: it. I think you put a fancy name, Ala Bioscience really? is uh, the name, apparently. Put a fancy name on it, it's
1: bleaching it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it his mind's going to be fucking blown if he ever goes to Wilco's, then, won't he? <laughs> oh, man! He'll, he'll honestly start weeping and go, did you? How do you have all this stuff? You go, Yeah, look, they've got conditioner and everything, mate. Crack <laughs> on. Oh, amazing. And here's some Tupperware and some sweets.
0: Uh, anything else on trump capitalism wwe or do you want to be about cunts you say that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say as well on the uh, on the network front you know the amount of those people who've uh who are probably now gonna forget to recent forget to cancel uh, their subscription in a pandemic and end up uh, getting over getting overcharged i managed to do that literally three different times this month I think it's the pandemic getting to me. I I, I got like a, a notification from Pivtire saying that I was have uh, been charged for my next month's subscription. Not telling me whose on demand service it was. Guess whose it was, John.
2: Our uh, 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 progress. Yeah, fucking progress. Yeah, yeah. I, I subscribed
0: yeah. for a free trial for two weeks. I ended up being subscribed for two and a half months. John Browley, you win this round. I did the did same you? with with I, I did the same with Independent Wrestling TV I can live with that one that one's fine I think I, I let me now TV subscription uh, go through as
2: well Oh just I'm hitting the
0: I know but that's it I just loved it I'll be in their stats now Richard Benson as uh, the big You are going to travel fan. out
2: to those uh, July shows uh, in America that they're still selling tickets for I'll
0: oh, definitely happen in them definitely yeah absolutely Imagine yeah. they
2: moved all of those to Florida I'll oh, <laughs> tell you what I did see was someone sent me a screenshot of Jim Smallman going about just how great NXT was this week. It's like, ah, oh, really? Like, you are so un- painfully uncool. It's it's beyond a cliche at this point. He was talking about how great was Drake Maverick yeah. versus Jake Atlas. What what drama? It's like, ah, oh, are you getting paid to tweet? Did you like, see my reply that...
0: to that? I was quite satisfied with that. I was the only person who replied to him and I just said something along the lines of, yeah, but the company that you work for probably shouldn't be putting him in that position, should they, mate? My, my tweet got more likes than Smallman's original tweet. I'll take that as a as Twitter card. <laughs> I, I bet he hated that as well. I was expecting to be blocked, not blocked. That's the thing. It's like We said that last week, didn't we, that Drake Maverick's video was great. But you've got to say that in context with the conversation of WWE is shits for putting him in that position. Like, and the shits for putting him on TV and making him make a storyline out of it because every news story I've read so far it is a shoot it's not like he you know they make it's a work that he's been sacked he, he is genuinely sacked and they are genuinely making a story out about it on 205 Live and NXT, you've got to have more self-awareness if you're Jim Smallman than to just go, and Glenn Joseph did the same thing, go on Twitter and blindly praise, you know, Drake Maverick's promo. You've kind of got to, you've got to temper that, haven't you, with what we can say and what they can't say as well. Yeah, WWE do, do is shit though for putting him in that position in the first place.
2: But they all get into line, don't they? Mm. And they're all in line. It's base. It's it makes makes me think of sort of a political party, and when you know they're they're whipped by the uh, chief whip to get into line for something. That's basically what a lot of these WWE employees are. Other than uh, John in Florida, and unfortunately, I don't think Jim Smallman's got balls. Uh, that are big enough to show that he's a John-type figure. And, yeah, he's not over in America right now, I don't think. But, yeah, it just it, I just find it embarrassing when I, when I see these guys tweeting out about how great this product is. And, yeah, I guess there's some sort of pressure put on them. I'd love to hear a former WWE guy actually talk, frankly, about, like, what the method is when it comes to them tweeting about the product because sometimes if i have a little look on twitter i see the likes of wolfgang making the most like kind of oh i don't know like oh i love my job so much i'm earning 20 grand a year as a retainer go me and then it will just put anything over that goes on in that company as a way of sucking up and trying to, I don't know, get a fucking green card or a visa or something at this point in time. It, it is just utterly embarrassing. But I'd love once one of these NXT UK guys gets the sack and wants to actually bitch. I'd love to do an interview and say, so what's the process that goes on when it comes to these NXT UK guys putting out the most cringeworthy tweets to kill every ounce of their credibility? Group
0: tech. there's got to be like some kind of mass text that goes right, it's yeah. like, do you remember that when um, in Victor...
1: 205 live
0: yeah, it's like oh. when Victor Anachibi, like, like I think it was when yeah. he still played for Everton and he posted a tweet and the tweet literally said please tweet something like good game by the lads this week, looking forward to next week, and he literally just copy and pasted it and tweeted that as the tweet Like, <laughs> I, think, I think that happens in all walks of life, but it's really really obvious when it's NXT UK uh, fuck me and the other thing I was going to say like that John thing I didn't say at the top I'm not convinced that's even a real wrestler you know I'm glad I'm glad it happened and I'm glad it got to be some bad publicity but I genuinely don't believe any other
2: wrestlers have got the balls
0: to send her, a message like that to their, their local not politician I'd see a
2: Sami Zayn or someone doing it I, reckon?
0: I think it's yeah, probably a fan yeah. I think it's like a Redditor or someone or or someone on Twitter uh, I hope it is I hope it's a Sami Zayn or you know he was going I, back I, and forth I, with Road Dog on Twitter last think week
2: think about it had they met with the department had they Gone and met with officials. No, Can it was I just mean? an
0: anonymous letter.
2: Oh, okay, okay. What would they have signed it with their real name, but asked to be asked to have been acknowledged as anonymous? But yeah. it's a it's enough of an issue. Mm. In I'm glad it got brought County. up. Say it again. I'm glad they got brought up.
0: Like either way, yeah, like it's yeah. enough
2: of an issue to those in Orange County, obviously, mm. to actually mention it, which yeah. is good.
0: Yeah, that's a it's definitely a, a net positive. I totally agree there. Uh, by the way, I was going to say on the progress owners, reckon they're still getting paid. Reckon they've been fair low load yet. I don't know. What's
1: your bet? It's funny, but I wouldn't be surprised. It Depends if they're employees or not, doesn't it? But then mm. there's a lot more people who know a lot more about this, about what the situation is regarding furloughing. And I think even um, Will Will Cooling has predicted that as well, isn't it? That they might be being furloughed. Could we get that massively wrong. He could have said the complete opposite. But
0: no, I think I think at this point, the like Tony Quantu does stuff for the Mirror. Um, he put he a tweet out saying that he'd basically. Um, through his reporting, found out that there, there weren't going to be any cuts coming for NXT UK, that, and I think yeah, that's the the general gist that we've had in general uh, is that NXT UK guys are going to be safe from the from the cuts. Um, Problem is,
1: it relies on Vince, yeah. who is at best erratic.
0: Well, I think because the self-employed, I think the thing Tony was saying, um, that they can't get furloughed. Uh, so, they haven't really got that option. So, I think it's going to come down to, JP, what we said last week. If they're not going to save any money by stealing it from our government, then the NXT UK wrestlers, put frankly, probably aren't making enough money to make it worth a shit furloughing them, uh, or not even furloughing them, sacking them or getting rid of them.
1: It's probably not even on Vince's radar. Do you think even those that exists? I wonder. I... God knows. It's like 205 Live. <laughs> Do you think he's... he's uh, barely aware that NXT exists.
2: Do you think he's visited the UK Performance Centre yet?
1: If he's been to Enfield, <laughs> he's struggled <laughs> yeah. with that one-way system getting him around the town. <laughs> they've completely changed that over the years. Stop the big Morrisons nearby, get himself a pro- some protein. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he'd be eating he'd Do you
0: reckon he could go to like a, a Holland and Barrett and get his uh, protein shakes? I don't think he'd be the type of stuff Vince <laughs> into.
2: Thank JP, you. what would you do if you saw him? walk bits, into Enfield uh, yeah. Town and do that, yeah. What would you do if you saw him in the local Morrisons he used to go to for a fry up?
1: If I saw him there, what in yeah. Palmer's Greek? Yeah. I'd be genuinely fucking stunned. I don't think I'd have anything to really say to him. Or I didn't. <laughs> I'd be I'd be tempted just to call him a prick.
2: <laughs> You've got you to do it, mate. You get your one opportunity.
1: Perhaps go all Doctor D David Schultz about the whole thing, I don't know. Oh, you'd be right over there,
0: I, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, apart from uh, WWE, you know, we did mention some AEW there, and you were saying JP before we recorded, you actually you managed to catch. Uh, I've seen a couple of bits of it, but you've seen the uh, the full episode of Dynamite this week.
1: Yeah, it was when I was watching BTE, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm. Um, afterwards, I went, "Oh, I'll watch that," because partly I'd heard some some good things about the um, Sammy Guevara Darby Allen match, mm. and then it was on. And I just started carrying on watching it. And it was, although, hearing that theme tune is a bit of a struggle mm. after a while. Like, it starts to kind of really kind of hit in on your head. Which um, one? Like, during the ad breaks. Like, Don't like that, that one. It's no nice.
2: instrumental of the theme. It's not as good as the NWO music, is it? Or the Horseman music, Bushby. Yeah. The Horseman music's great. A couple yeah. of people have messaged me. The NWO one was uh, getting terrible by, take is by mine on the uh, awesome music. By the way, oh, he's
0: getting picked apart on Twitter. He said something like that. He's like, "God, uh, all grapple fans are, are fans of the uh, the WCW stop music." Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah, it's great. Exactly, not <laughs> wrong with it. If it's good enough for Ricky Luke, it's good
1: enough for us. Um... <laughs> but um, theme music in AW, I'll get back there. Not, it's it's not as good. There's a lot of sort of generic themes because they've got basically as a show, Hmm. it had a couple of squash matches, which felt almost exactly the same one for Brodie Lee and one for Wardlow. And they're, they're fine. They're they're loving a hoss at the minute Hmm. between getting Archer in there as well. They haven't, they've sort of stocked up on some big lads all of a sudden a bit of beef. Um, but as a show, it was perfectly fine. Um, I went three and a half on the Derby Allen, um Sammy Guevara match because it was it was good fun and as and it's obviously these are all taped so it's got Sugar Dunk Sugar Dunkerton and the Gun Club at ringside along with some various other um of QT Marshall students as well. So the mat, that opener was fine. Um the main event was good, I thought as well. I went three stars on that. Dustin Rhodes Kip Sabian, which was um possibly i don't know if i'd say it was actually kip sabian's best match and it's partly because he was in there with dustin Rhodes. Mm. Uh, other than that like oh uh, jimmy havoc's got new gear as well <laughs> uh, i'm leaving out one of the matches because i know you saw that one beno yeah but the uh, the other thing on there was orange cassidy um beating jimmy havoc and they've sort of got this jimmy havoc kip sabian team next week to take on best friends
2: is it um, good to see jimmy havoc during the midst of a global he's panther. tanned mate and I'm sure he's been
1: working out. Yeah. He's not any better in the ring. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, but clearly he's done it. He's tanned. He is definitely tanned. And he's wearing this kind of, he's wearing a vest that's quite close to what Brody Lee's is. So he's wearing a vest covering up that whole top half of his body. And he's clearly just lifted a few weights to get his arms up a little bit. Hmm. And then he's decided to, um, uh, yeah. What has he decided to do? He's uh yeah, he's decided to hit, hit the possibly hit the beaches or start tanning in Kip Sabian's backyard. God knows. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see
0: the whole thing now based on the on that Jimmy. <laughs> he's, uh, Do
2: you think he's been taking advantage of the Florida beaches reopening then? Uh, I think he I think he possibly has been. He's
0: probably you know what, we take the piss out of Jimmy Havoc, he's probably got this great fucking apartment with like a big garden or something in Florida. He's probably living the life, Jimmy Havoc, based on the same yeah. contract.
1: Yeah, I'd say... He's, well, he's, he certainly... paint. He did look like a proper tan. He didn't look like he'd gone to a tanning salon. He <laughs> shouldn't have to in fucking Florida, should he, frankly? Well,
2: probably not. Um, Perhaps he's been he, laying off the booze out there as well.
1: Uh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or he might be struggling to get to an offie <laughs> around around this point. But not in Florida, mate. Uh, he should, yeah, he should be all right, shouldn't he? <laughs> um, but it's... Yeah, as a show, it's kind of really stripped back to basics. <laughs> so... They've got like squash matches and then the TNT tournament and then a couple of uh, packages. So they had one on Scorpio Sky that was like him wanting to get into wrestling. And it it was fine, but it was your kind of standard. I always wanted to be a wrestler. I love wrestling. Um, and it is a bit of family tragedy chucked mm. into the mix as well. So there's another part of that next week. That was fine. They were doing. Packages for everyone before they, like, come to the ring. Little, little packages on, like, Guevara and Allen and hmm. Kip Sabian and the rest. And all of that stuff is absolutely fine. It was a relatively easy watch. However, it just shouldn't be happening. Sorry to repeat that theme, no it shouldn't be it should have happened, but it, it has already happened You
0: can 't talk about it without saying that because you know we 're going to talk about yeah. the, the, the BT episode in a minute, which I enjoyed, but I still had that feeling, and, and in that one it's like it's literally just two brothers uh, going back and forth, but you know with the cameraman and people there, and just generally still makes me feel dirty, even if less dirty, but yeah that's my, been my feeling in A w these last couple of weeks i've been Again, like another one of my my my, my non-lap subscriptions, I do still subscribe to the Fight AEW package. I really need to have a way with myself and uh, sort out <laughs> all these services I'm subscribed to at the moment that I'm not using. But like, I threw it on. It's where I think it's good that in. Maybe it's bad that in a pandemic it's took it, but it's good, like you say, they are doing these video packages. Because remember early on in AEW where they were, we really weren't doing much of that stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a shame this is the excuse they needed to do it, but they do doing more of it. It's also a shame this is the excuse they needed to put Tony Giovanni and Chris Jericho together on commentary. Because we oh. didn't mention that when we reviewed AEW a couple of weeks ago. And I, no. I, I was annoyed we didn't, because that was the first week they were together. I'm they glad are so robust. They are so funny sh- together. Jericho is just absolutely brilliant. Like His one-liners and just generally being the heel comedy trying to wind up Tony Schiavone, but at the same time, having such good chemistry with him, it, it really is a treat to listen to.
1: It, he straddles the lines mm. of everything perfectly. So he's still a heel, but mm. he will praise Kenny Omega. Mm. And every week, every time he's commentated, he's loved bringing up new Japan. So mm. they're bringing up the match from the dome. The first match they had. And he's like, Oh, Giovanni's like, did you lose to him? And he's like, I don't remember. And do you know what? I think it might've been his commentary sort of keeping me going. I mean, cause that bubbly bunch thing I didn't think was particularly funny at all. It was fine. It was just a piece of filler for what it is. Um, or like, it feels like they're turning in a circle face almost mm. in, in all of this. Um, but yeah, he's he's brilliant. Oh, on he did he's the line fantastic. the other week, he's... didn't he? Where like we should have said
0: it on that WWE episode we did midweek, you know, when it, we were talking about him being like the bland baby face. and like he yeah, had the line in commentary. What was it? it? Was something like, "Oh, I was uh, I was kissing babies and slapping hands, and what I should have been doing was slapping babies and kissing hands." And that's what sorted <laughs> my career out. Like he's full of just jewels like that, like verbal jewels yeah. that are just so great. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he's yeah. got Sugar Dunkerton over. Yeah, from Leeds. Leeds own Sugar, Dunkerton. Uh... Yeah, he keeps
1: on bringing him up as Pineapple Pete. And he's brought out <laughs> T-shirts on the back of that. And go. he was bringing him up again this week because yeah, he was in the crowd. And I was like, there's a bloke who deserves a little bit of a boost and a, and a rub from Jericho. And that's the kind of stuff that Jericho does hmm. while he's calling them stupid at the same time, is he's getting them over. Yeah. And I, I swear to God, by the end of these episodes, you are kind of thinking to yourself, there's nothing that man can't do. In terms of wrestling, he gets out to get people over while not breaking his character, while straddling his kind of his character, and then being a commentator at points. And he's enthusiastic and he's funny and he does bring up at one point during the show. He goes, "Look, we like we know that with everything else that's going on, here's just a piece of entertainment. Want you all to enjoy it. Just sort of brought it up, like certainly towards the end of the show as well. Mm. I, and I." I in that sense, I thought he was like he's like the highlight of it. Mm. Yeah, he's an MVP on the show. Uh, but yeah, the, the one match you did mention there, JP,
0: and yeah, like, it is another part of the show. I did see Kenny Omega and Alan Angels. Uh, the squash, but the six minute match that's for some reason caused like what feels like six days worth of discourse. Have you seen any of this, Joe? Any of the kickoff about this? Uh, with Omega, no, and, uh, be, have, what, What's going what's gone on. Oh, basically Way Keller. You'll be
1: disgusted, mate. Oh, you'd hate disgusted.
0: it. You'd hate it. It's basically it's Meltzer and Brian Satin going back and forth. Um, oh, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> okay. and it's Way Keller is Way Keller's fault really, because it was Way Keller who made the original point, which I don't disagree with. I don't think it's a stronger point as maybe some people are going to run with, especially fucking Saturn. But generally, because uh, basically Omega does this squash match with All angels, and I watched it literally right before we recorded tonight. Who's he? He's just a, a jobber of the week that they brought in, just like okay. some nobody. They make clear he's a nobody as well, which was a big part of Wade Carlos yeah. point. One of QT Marshall students. Probably. Yeah. And oh, okay. then Kenny being Kenny, he can't help himself, but have more of a back and forth match than maybe he should. And I will say, like, I'm someone I will jump on at any... I'll, I'll probably... But, you know, you might say I'm probably more the type who might jump on a big criticism of Kenny, you know, more than maybe some other people might. Mm. It's bad, but it's not that bad. Like, he should, he, he definitely shouldn't give Alan no. Angels as much as he gives him. I think that's fair to say. It, but it's not that bad. Like, he lets Aaron Angels kick out of the, um, the V-trigger, and then he beats him... Quite quickly after it, with another feature he doesn't even use, you know, the one wing angel. doesn't Doesn't have to go to a finish. He's more charitable with him than he should be, considering his position in the company. If this was a regular AW lower card guy, you know, if it was somebody that's on dark mm. every week, I could understand Omega giving him as much as he gave him and kind of going, you know, we want to get this young guy over. You know, I'm going to beat him, but we want him to at least look competent. I see that argument. I think he again, I agree with Wade Keller's original point that Ke- Kenny Omega gave him too much, but he didn't give him so much that it's like the end of the world. Maybe if you want to use it as like a an argument overall, that Kenny Omega doesn't really, you know, as a top guy, doesn't always look after his own best interests as much. If anything, he's the opposite of the alpha males you always talk about. Joe, like he is probably mm. too given and probably doesn't take the spotlight for himself as much as he should. I think we found that, haven't we, in AW over the you know, the, the first few months, especially. He was he was probably guilty of that. Yeah. I don't know if you're any different on it, JP, but like my my overall take was, yeah, Kenny Omega probably shouldn't have gave as much as he did, but it it, it wasn't the end of the world that you know Saturn made out and turned into World War Three on Twitter. But again, yeah, Joe, you'll be glad you
1: didn't see. Mm. It looked like it looked like Saturn was just spoiling for a row. Hmm. At his, what, at his... with Meltzer. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. And, and, and and in a sense, like when I watched this match and it was one of the reasons I kind of did want, to, did want to see this show. I was like, what What are people on about? And I watched it and I kind of just thought to myself, these shows, like you say, it's not a regular AEW show. And in some ways, like they have two squash matches that go about two minutes. Yeah. So they're probably wanting something that will fill up a little bit of time. This might be QT Marshall's best student. Like you say, he's probably a bit too giving in that regard and probably thought this guy seems quite good. Yeah, yeah. Let's go out there and we'll, I'll, I'll let you have some stuff in there. The idea of anyone getting annoyed about that. I just kind of think to myself, look what's going on around you in the world and think and get, get your fucking head on. If you're remotely annoyed about this, if you're annoyed about this and there's a global fucking pandemic, and there's a couple of clowns who are running the show in a couple of countries. And this is the kind of stuff that's really like the fucking straw that breaks the camel's back. Like Meltzer in a way should have just gone fuck off. To Satin <laughs> and then well, never spoken to him again.
2: You got to like, remember, JP, Satin lives in a world where the coronavirus is not really in existence. You know, it's just, you know, current circumstances to him in it yeah current
0: yep. there you go yeah use the wb vernacular yeah it's one of them like i felt dirty because i think if you made me pick a side i'm probably more on the saturn side than the Melta side for this particular argument but saturn's such a cunt that i'm not um, that bothered about uh, day uh part sound, mate, it
2: sounds like fucking ambags yeah. so it's just oh it is I, and it's like that's no that's one's gonna care. term that i probably shouldn't use at this point in time probably is sorry but it yeah it sounds like to use an old football term a lot of rubbish. Yeah,
0: and it's it's empty arena aw, isn't it? So like in two weeks, we're probably not going to talk about it either. So like, yeah. yeah, it'll be forgotten about. Yeah, and, and and again, I I am someone who will when Kenny does this type of stuff, you know. And there are better examples of it. Um, I'll I'll totally agree. Um, and I do. However, it,
2: yeah. this period, no one's becoming a star during this period. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone's star power. Is going to get majorly affected i think the brands and i think wrestling in general's reputation is really going to be affected mm. and i do wonder how much of that uh, kind of eroding audience during this pandemic are going to come back i will definitely go back and start watching AEW once it's over mm. but i don't know how many others there are going to be who are in a similar position to me who will have that kind of inclination to and willingness to come back, but I do think wrestling is uh, WWE and uh, AEW doing real harm to their rep and their image during this period by carrying on. And I hope for AEW's sake that doesn't have a long-term impact, but I've got a feeling it might do. You know, yeah,
0: uh, I think I think so. But it's they are trying to keep momentum going, but empty arena shows are like the opposite of momentum, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing 600,000 the ratings every week. I think they just about claw the victory over NXT this week. I think it just shows you that, like, you know, Raw's dropped below 2 million people just don't want to watch being arena wrestling. Uh, it's like, have you seen the argument for like the lower league football coming back sooner rather than later? And obviously the Premier League's uh, in discussions and stuff. Like I thought, honestly for me, as a wrestling fan, I will I will tell any MMA who don't watch wrestling who are, you know, big footy fans, be careful what you wish for because it's going to be fun for a co- it's going to be fun for a few games. Oh yeah. For a couple of weeks in
2: i don't even think it'll be fun for a few games mate i've watched reckon? games be- i've I've watched games behind closed doors before oh training my- session stuff in it god yeah. it's dull it mm. is yeah ju- yeah there's just no atmosphere you can't get anything out of it at all like mm. it's it's not fun to watch
0: yeah that's it. i think we we are as wrestling fans aren't we were like we're uniquely placed to be able to tell people honestly, be careful yeah. what you wish for. It might sound great that everyone gets to, you know, put, throw all the games on Amazon and we all get to watch, you know, the Premier League finish off and get to enjoy Liverpool winning the league, uh, which will always be tainted, which I'll kind of, part of me will kind of enjoy that.
1: Um, but we'll, I don't know, <laughs> g- given how quiet the Emirates is, I expect Arsenal to probably do all right <laughs> over that period. Yeah,
0: I, I think there'll be like a novel I do think if, maybe as someone who hasn't really watched much Century Reader football, I reckon I'll have a novelty for one or two games and then, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the reality will hit and it'll hit probably yeah probably sooner than uh than people are expecting uh but yeah it's just
1: it would just be for fantasy league mm. that'll probably be the reason i end up watching fantasy league points
0: that's it uh, anyway do you reckon like by the end you know if these start reducing like the the lockdown and stuff could you see a, a scenario where it's like oh yeah you can have fans in this 600 person building but you can only have 100 do you reckon that might be the future? Maybe that will be. Would that bring you back though? If people start, if the if it got, if it was safe enough to do so in like you know July, August, or something like that, would that be? Because that's not. It's not empty arena wrestling, then, is it? So you can let. Even if you can only let like fifty fans in, is that, that that's better
2: than this, isn't it? It there's an atmosphere. Hmm. It's all dependent on atmosphere. If that can create an atmosphere, yeah, I fear it won't create an atmosphere. Would because...
1: it be like PCW bound
2: to,
1: bound for glory or evolve. Either be myself,
2: yeah, because <laughs> people would be stood. You know, at distance, and rightly so. Yeah. But I think when people are really closed in together, it creates a much better atmosphere. Look at football. So yeah. think about when football was all standing, right? And you think about when football changed to all-seater stadiums. And I think the atmosphere of at grounds is nowhere near as lively and nowhere near as good as it was. I understand why they went to all-seater. But you look at, say, Germany, mm. where they have those stands, where they have... um I'm trying to think of the term for it. There's a special term they use for it, but they can put the seats in, but so they travel. have. Yeah, yeah. And you look at the atmosphere of at Bundesliga games, Bundesliga two games, it's great. And it really works. And I think that being closed in together is like a pack, creates a better atmosphere. So I, I don't know. I, I, I would have to judge um, kind of based on what you guys say and what I'm kind of told if that is to occur um you went to some evolving your time didn't you joe that's basically yeah, shit. Wrestling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i try to think like what's the what's the lowest attended show i've ever been to like a ring announced the show once with six paying fans so there's that but as far as being like a fan in a crowd i don't know what the smallest would be i never the made it to shows i went
2: to there were quite a lot of people there i went to some of the uh slightly bigger shows There was one in Ebor city that was quite sparsely attended <laughs> but it was a small venue and there were quite a lot of people in the small venue
0: Okay. Yeah. So you never did like one of the ones where it's like fifty people, or never did like I I will always be sad. Yeah. Well, never make the one Iw Mid South show I had the ticket for was the low key Necro Butcher one that WrestleMania weekend when I slept in. Told that story before, Uh, but I never. Yeah, I watched a lot of Iw Mid South on tape with about ten fans in attendance, but I've never actually uh, yeah had the experience of being at a show.
2: One of them Southampton Rev Pro shows I went to was pretty empty and it was dead. Mm -hmm. And it was hard to watch. Um, I don't know. There must have still been about 70 people there, though, I reckon. I'm trying to think of what the lowest attended would be. I'll come back to you if I think of it. Hmm.
0: Fair enough, but yeah, I wonder. You know, maybe maybe that's the the next step. Uh, but yeah, interior wrestling, it's just not not the best. But one thing we did yeah. all watch though, we did all watch uh, be in the elite this week, which is a rare thing. Uh, based on the hype, really, Meltzer was fucking tripping over himself to to reveal this Matt, Matt Jackson versus Nick Jackson on uh, on be in the elite thirty uh, minute episode. Uh, you saw this, didn't you, Joe? Yeah, quite enjoyed it for what it was. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was. It was. I mean, they mixed in yeah. a lot of like young books. It's being the elite, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's being the elite. So you're gonna get that, that quirky kind of comedy. I can live with it more in that setting. I think before, going into it, I honestly my biggest takeaway was if this is as good as everyone's saying it's gonna be, why is it not on AEW's TV? Why is it not taking up half of that, half an hour of the TV show? I think they should have week? put it
1: on their TV. I w- yeah. Do you think maybe the, into the, the cinematic uh, wrestling genre, and they're going to be doing that when they do the Matt Hardy stuff? Do you think the jokey nature of it, though, maybe takes that away a bit? Do you think maybe they would have had to pull
0: back you on the comedy edit, a bit?
2: You could edit some of those bits to an extent. Mm. You could take out maybe the. I did laugh at the barbershop bit, but oh, maybe yeah. take the bits oh, yeah. out yeah. Um, to go with it. But I, I think it would have connected if it was on TV. There were some nice little touches. I like the little bit with the kids looking out the window. Yeah. I thought that was quite funny. I think this would have worked if they put it on the TV show. If WWE can do what they did, but what did they do? Three in a week that were pretty similar. Mm. I mean they could get away with this. And you know what? I thought this was the best of the kind of yes. cinematic wrestler scene. I, I, did I find the Undertaker AJ match funnier? Yeah. Did I think this was better in terms of a layout and what it was? Yeah, I did. Um, it was considerably better than whatever that Bray Wyatt Cena thing was, that's for sure. <laughs> it was know, the I ultimate d- backyard match, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that's what it. I mean, I, I'd have it underneath Undertaker AJ personally. That's still my favourite of the, the genre. And part <laughs> of that might be I was having a few drinks with you lads and just laughing as, at it as it went on. Uh,
1: but I don't know, yeah. But were, were you a fan of it as well then, JP? It sounds like you were. I really was, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed the match. I kind of didn't have the issue you had where you said you were thinking about because so I was like... They live next door, don't they? Okay. Yeah, the problem is Cutler's keeping away. I know that referee's in a bit close. I'm hoping that obviously when they're in Jacksonville, they might you know get toned to chuck over a few tests, maybe. Yeah, check, I... check that everything's all right. <laughs> I think it's like, but the, no, the real life we're
0: all living in the UK like now, like got you connections, know. he can afford them <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, know what's, what's the what's the what's the uh, the deal in Rancho Cucamonga? Can they can, can you go and see your neighbours if they're your family? Like, I suppose they they probably are. they're probably all on top they of each other no matter. And all.
1: that was part of the interest was I liked looking at their house. I thought they must really like tennis to have that a tennis court a course. size. One of that house. Mm. Jesus, I, I thought, fuck me, they've done very very well for themselves. And that was just Nick's because mm. at first one point I thought they live together. I thought well, that's a bit that's a bit cultish. Just much it? in it. Yeah, a bit much for that. It's like, you do want to break from them. Could you and then your they were life? like, I couldn't. then it was like, <laughs> wow, he's, yeah, he's all right. I don't know if I could do that again. But like, you know, I'm, I'm sure me and him, we would have, if we'd still had that crash mat, we could have done a very poor imitation of this match at the time. <laughs> um, gone back there. I, I kind of enjoyed it. It was like what I expected it to be. And because they're comfortable doing that type of stuff, They felt much more comfortable in the format than what um, other examples of cinematic wrestling have have been. Now, obviously, AJ Undertaker was funny. That was also edited down to within an inch of its life as well. Whereas Mm. this one, there was like good creativity with the athleticism. I I was kind of, you know... The, the little comments they were making to each other about the back and, and stuff like that. I, I always find Matt Jackson are like really um, compelling in the same way that Nick is clearly like probably that, that better of an athlete Matt Matt Jackson's great as a character as well. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was funny. It didn't overstate its welcome because I saw the running time and I thought, all right, it's going to be half an hour then. And it wasn't, it was what? 17 minutes. It was good fun watched it, and I found myself, yeah, switching off, enjoying it, and then it went through. It felt like it was possibly the last episode, or then I thought, if they do that second show with TNT, are they going to do some sort of Young Buck style sketches in in that? Because that wouldn't be a bad way to go, because clearly it's got an
2: audience. Mm. All I'll say is, I think a better comparison might be the Randy Orton-Edge match for this one as well, Mm. and this was ten times what that was. Like I enjoyed every bit of this. I was with this throughout... I even liked some of the old references in there, like the bit with the spike boot was a reference, I think back to a PWG match from years yeah. ago. Was I, it? Seeing... I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what the match was, but I remember them using that there years ago. Hmm. So there was something in there for sort of old sort of longer term fans as well. uh, even little things like the use of the music was quite fun. There was a self-awareness to it all. Especially Uh, like, say,
1: with the barbershop
2: segment. The the bit with the golf cart, maybe, laugh where he reversed the golf cart. I was like, did he do that on purpose? Or or is he thinking of Raven at WrestleMania 17 when he's doing that and sort of playing off of that or something? It it reminded me of a WWE hardcore match from that sort of original hardcore title era, but a very good one. Hmm.
0: Yeah, like the, the whole like the golf cart, Raven, Kane Big Show type stuff. Um, that type of thing you mean? Like when Boss Man was champion. That was a good that was a good period for the hardcore title. Mm. Yeah. Road dog had some good ones as well, our oh, mate. Uh, Did he? Yeah, oh yeah, when he was hardcore champion, he, he had some decent matches, yeah. It was it was only like a Month periods or whatever—it's probably decent, really. Yeah, probably the only decent in ring run of his life. Some gems there, honestly. Uh, <laughs> maybe they wouldn't hold up actually with a uh, with twenty twenty eyes, but yeah, I, I liked it as well. I thought it was solid. Uh, I thought it was fun. I didn't really take it seriously as a match, just it being on yeah. being the elite. It's not one I'm going to put a rating on grapple for, you know. Even if Gareth added it, which I, I doubt he will. Uh, but yeah, I, to be honest, I'm someone who's watched being the elite you know, a lot of it's run. I kind of, like most people, it seems, fell off once AEW came about. But that little period where, you know, they were in New Japan, and it was, it was kind of a road trip. It was like road diaries, wasn't it, mm. really? Uh, and they did the comedy stick and stuff like that, which wasn't always for me. But I always enjoyed that, and the run-up to... Launching AEW, I thought that was uh, you know getting to see you know them when they first signed their contracts, you know as they showed in the flashback uh, on this episode, and you know watching AEW I suppose come together in in real time, uh, it was kind of useful for that. But I just think yeah, I think the books have outgrown it. It's a bit like what they did with Twitter, like they did with the ujo. Yeah. Like as soon as uh, I think their reasons were very different though. I think as soon as AEW was on TV and they were getting all kinds of plaudits, they were on Twitter when AEW TV wasn't very good. They were getting a fair amount of abuse on Twitter, and I just don't think they're wired in a way that they're used to getting critique. I think was kind of my take on it, and they very quickly deactivated their own uh, personal Twitter accounts. Uh, but they were too big for it at that point anyway. They, they've kind of ah the, the, uh, the, mate, s- they're
2: just following a decent trend that I <laughs> <laughs> not Just not copying you, to follow. Just copying you,
0: yeah. But the, you know, like the self-built, and part of that was. Creating a fan base through the likes of Twitter and getting themselves over and selling their merch and it, you know, it turning into, you know, the working for New Japan and turning the Bullet Club thing into, you know, hot-selling T-shirts and all of that stuff. But once they got their AEW contract, I think they realized they had to be grown-ups and they got off Twitter. And I feel like the same things happen with being the elite here. I think them doing their their day job in AEW uh, as well as, you know, wrestling there in in their night job in AEW. Like I, I think at this point, yeah, it's probably time to call it a day, isn't it, and move on. Um, but, yeah it's obviously been a bit a big part of their careers and why they got so over with like a, a section of the wrestling fandom
1: oh absolutely it'll become one of those important steps certainly along like the kind of independent journey if you think of the fact of how much they took from colt cabana mm. and what he was doing and then they took it to the next level integrating social media at a time of of ex- exploding and getting on it at the right time And I think in this case, quitting while they're ahead with it, Mm. quitting while, you know, I haven't watched it since AEW started like you. And at that stage, I think, you know, they're wise enough to trends to know, right, well, we we just need to stop this now. And I think I could see them integrating it, like I say, into whatever the second show is, if that happens at this point. But obviously they've got they've been given money for it to produce a second show. And I wonder at that point if they'll try and include some of that stuff as part of it. Mm. And that might be the route they go. Yeah, maybe.
0: Um, aside from AEW and, uh, and being the elite, did, uh, did all of us watch um, Dark Side of the Ring this week? I'm making a conscious effort not to say Secrets of the Ring. I'm doing my best.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was a much better episode than that Snooker episode the week before. Mm. New well, story this... to me as
0: well. It was fresh. Seeing yeah,
2: the Dino Bravo stuff. right nothing about like i know dino bravo is but i can barely remember ever seeing a match like i must have seen matches on like wrestlemania's that he was on um but i can i I know he is Hmm. but i can't think of him in a match like it's completely like i'm blank on him basically Mm. um but, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting story, and they actually approached it in a much better way. I thought they had a good set of interviewees this week. I didn't think they went too carny. Like, maybe uh, what Jacques Rougeau was the most carny they had. And he was at least quite entertaining at times. Um, I did remember one thing we left out of the WCW podcast of the day. was the fact Jacques Rougeau went over Hogan clean in 1997. Um, oh, yeah. remember that, remember that story. Yeah. Yeah. Put him over was yeah. like a
0: house show, was it? I think it was a house well, show. Yeah,
2: I've, I've watched a fan cam version of it years ago. Hmm. Cracking atmosphere when he wins. Crowd go mad. Apparently paid him to beat him or something, didn't he? Oh, is that so what it goes, was? Paid him off. So- so goes the rumor uh-huh. yeah yeah he's got
1: a big yeah. house as well rougeo he, he's done all right out of wrestling
2: wow, was a hell of a lawnmower he was on there wasn't it yeah yeah so i've go on
1: big garden that's all i was gonna say
2: <laughs> not a land out there i suppose much bigger country than we've got over here, isn't it true um what was i saying uh yeah so i thought this was actually a pretty decent approach to the story if anything I would have liked maybe a little bit more investigation into some of the mafia and some of the figures I think sometimes they do skimp a little bit on that stuff mm. and you what and you get a lot more of the kind of like heartfelt reaction from those involved which is fine but they sort of put emotional kind of investment. Over sort of the investigative side of things at times. And I think mean, that is slightly to the detriment of it because I would have liked more information about the kind of more shady, darker figures, considering it is the dark side of the ring. But as an episode, I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was a fan of it. I and mean, yeah, like I, I hadn't re- I think I. Obviously, I must have realised, but you know, the whole Bleach bond thing when he went to WWE, that is so Vince McMahon, isn't it? Taking like this, mm-hmm. you know cultural star this you know the italian star into Dino bravo who's like you know he looks he looks every bit of like uh like a soprano's character doesn't he like let's all be honest like he he's got a big pussy he does he's got a real and he he sounds like him he just sounds like it as well he's got that he's got that that accent even though he's got like the the, the french uh, spin on it yeah he does a lot like pussy that was kind of running through my mind as well uh, he's a as a character yeah it's just so odd that he got to do to beat and my only memory of him as a kid is him being like this bloated bleach blonde to me just jobber that hung around with jimmy Hart that was you know on more shows than i wanted him to be like i didn't realize he stuck around right through to 92 i thought he was well gone by then i just thought he was to be to me as a kid maybe i'm wrong stinking up the undercards of like you know the 88 and 89 type shows i didn't realize he was around uh
1: but later uh, were you a dino bravo fan in real time jp Short answer: No, Rick really wasn't a fan. Um, He would appear on pay per view and occasionally on like superstars. I was never interested in him. Most of the matches, if I saw like any of many those sort of superstars squash matches and stuff like that, I was like, just. I was at Wrestling Challenge. I I forget now. At this point, I was always quite bored by him but um so he never came across like because he just really wasn't like a great worker of people at that time He was a bit of a punch kick merchant Mm. as much as anything else but that whole bit and like and like you guys i enjoyed this more than i did the snooker one partly because there's so much of the story i remember hearing about him dying and then but that was before probably i was reading power slam and was aware of other stuff happening so it was like the idea of oh he's dead and then hearing it was some sort of mafia thing but never really kind of thinking about it other than when people would bring up the dark stories in wrestling history and go Oh yeah the the murder of dino bravo so this one was interesting in terms of what happened um and as opposed to a lot of the other ones it was it was relatively low on the carny stakes wasn't it mm. um so it wasn't as bad. And having people like Pat LaPrade there, it gives it sort of a degree of credibility. From a I'd like to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he gives... A, when he was talking about him being a big star there, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of believe this, as opposed to his mate who lives next door. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, and that's unfortunately how cynical I am over all every any wrestler that talks on this. I'm like, are they bullshitting me? <laughs> Apart from... I have to say Benoit, which is going to be the one that really ends up standing out of this whole series. Um, and up beating the drum I, just simply because there's a, there's, it, it goes in, as in depth as I kind of want, wanted this one to go mm. whilst at the same time, not forgetting at all about the sort of humanity of it. And the people that they interview are the people that you generally want to be speaking to about it. Bar Dave Meltzer. Mm. Has anyone said why Rick Martell didn't do it? He just said he
0: wouldn't, didn't he? He just said he wasn't because uh, he they, they had like a clip, didn't they, from like a shoot interview that, with him, yeah, which was kind of odd. But I think he just refused. Uh, which, to be honest, given the subject matter, he's probably like he's in hiding now. Yeah. But, <laughs> after they found that shoot interview footage, where he kind of gave the game away about the whole cigarette smuggling operation and uh, and all that
1: stuff. Uh, well, he doesn't want to end up like that bloke in the episode of Sopranos when Tony goes to the
2: college with I, Meadow. Th- I was about to say the same thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, comes across him. Well, I was He's hanging out somewhere around Quebec, you know.
2: I, I was thinking to myself, do you reckon... Uh... Dino Bravo was sat in his mate's toilet on the day of his uh, son's communion when he was the godfather, crying his eyes out, looking at his uh, wire that he was using to tap the old day, possibly. <laughs> All a Big Pussy at, uh, to AJ's Holy Communion. You know about Catholic shit, JP. Oh, Do- yeah, I know. Confirmation, one of them? What is it?
1: I think it's confirmation. He because knows. communion would be too young. Right, okay. Yeah. He's a teenager <laughs> when he does it, isn't he? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. This confirmation. I, I want to see a fictionalized series
0: about Dino Bravo now, like done by David <laughs> Chase. Like that- That's all I want in life. No. Uh, I
2: think, it I think be it'd be more sure. interesting in his wrestling career.
0: Oh, yeah. It'd be more interesting than the other wrestlers. Like, the-, the Rock's got a TV show greenlit this week, hasn't he, about it's, uh, mm. backyard wrestling with Issa Rae of uh, Insecure, which is a solid little uh, HBO show that I watch. Can't see that being as interesting as this story, though.
1: Well, no, I was also thinking as well, the stuff about the, the native reservations and the mm. cigarette stuff, Oh, yeah, which is only really included right at the very end.
2: I was thinking, I'd like to have 10 minutes on this. Oh, yeah, yeah I was exactly the same. It reminded I me mean of... about the investigative stuff, not getting as much time as it should. Mm. But do you know what I ended up
1: thinking of? I ended up thinking of that really good episode of The Wrestlers, about yeah. the wrestlers who wrestle up in the reservations, and it's not really a documentary about wrestling, as I think we said at the time. And it's, mm. it feels much more sort of looking at this community and the way that it survives and it exists. And the that's sort like of...
2: a sociological piece, yeah. isn't it? And there? the role so. of
1: wrestling within that. And you kind of think at times, there's if they ever want to go down that route, they can do that. But they love a bit of the tabloid, mm. you know? They want it, to get is very Jimmy Hart. it is, and they want to get Jimmy Hart on there, and it's very watchable. And this one's interesting simply because not many people know the story, which is unfortunately unlike the Snooker story, oh, which a lot of us knew.
0: Apparently Beefcake and, um, just like, yeah. beef cake and uh, was it Greg the Hammer Valentine were on the after show for that one. It was in the Observer this week and apparently uh, straight after the documentary we all watched, when it's very clear that Snooker killed that poor girl they go to like the uh, the after show and then to going on about how, what a great lad Snooker was and how like, he was one of the boys and uh, he could never have done what they're saying he's done. Oh. Why
2: are they getting the boys oh, no. on these
0: shows? Well apparently oh. they've cancelled them now, they're not doing any more of them for the rest of the series.
2: Why is that? Because they're just... embarrassing?
0: Yeah, because it was so embarrassing, Yeah, yeah. Apparently it was really, really bad.
1: I've seen a couple of those and they're not good because it is just like the one about the brawl for all where they had um, uh, Bart Gunn and um, who else was on there? The Godfather was on. He was good for a laugh. And then Vince Russo comes on
2: <laughs> and you're like,
1: "Ah, oh, for fuck's sakes. I just had to stop watching. He, he just does my head in. Bad man. Yeah.
0: Um, cool. Well, I've was- Sorry, I was just taking a sip. I've just, you know, tell you what, lads, I've had a couple of beers tonight. I'm just drinking a Tiny Rebel Tropicana. Best beer I've had tonight. Very, very nice. I don't know if you're into the, the, the Tiny Rebel. What what uh, percentage? Ooh, 5.5. Five. Tropical IPA. Got it from Sainsbury's before. Big oh, five. I've had
2: that. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very good. Really yeah. nice.
0: Shirt. What have I had tonight? I've had a Camden show off, which was all right. It's like a good juicy lager. And a disco fork of mm. truck mango paler. Only had the three, but. Very nice. Um. Oh, Andy Ogden did try his um roast dinner face t- uh, flavored beer in the end. You know, Joe, he wasn't uh, He said it wasn't very good.
2: Uh, I could have told him that before he cracked. I think. <laughs> I, but I suppose it was worth a go. I One think.
1: Of- I think his expectations were so low that he just thought this is going to be absolutely awful. I'm just going to want to puke, <laughs> and he didn't. And he thought that's a relatively pleasant surprise. Mm. But that's more damning in faint praise. That's really is you know you're not gonna try one mate fuck no i've been on tea and herbal tea tonight well you're a roast dinner sort of bloke i'm not drinking a roast dinner based beer (laughs) (laughs) stay (laughs) away from that why not give it a go the only Uh, the only beer that i like as a food is guinness and that's the way i'll be leaving it (laughs) <laughs> that is basically it's the way it. I am.
0: Yeah, it's yeah.
1: Um uh, Before we go, we're going to talk a
0: little bit about uh, some other stuff we've all been watching this week. Do you want to go first, JP? Do you want to give us the what you've uh, been watching this week before I go?
1: Yeah. Uh, guess what I've been watching? Oh, no. Good old uh, Housewife's favourite,
2: MLW. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you want to get a BHO or. <laughs>
1: you
0: are. do you want to go get a beer while this is going on we won't
2: hear it <laughs> oh, i'll
0: just zone out for this
1: bit <laughs> well there's only two matches on it oh did, you, one, did you rate them on grapple up, jp
0: that's the important thing
1: i did rate them on grapple and you can see all the ratings i put on there on on grapple tonight so for for aw and for mlw um it's not good and i think it's partly not, so that what they're doing is a super series and they're having two matches on each week in this crowd in Tijuana, which was obviously filmed before, the, um, before any lockdown happened in Mexico. So, they're really dragging it out. And one of the things, and you guys will know this, is a lot of that AAA roster that is shit. Hmm. And there's a lot of them all over this. And the first match, Averno versus Douglas James. Was Averno in WWE? Or was there another Averno? or I'm assuming that neither of you care. Dunno. Yeah, for as much. All right. Here i match with this guy, Douglas James, who they've had around for a few weeks. Who... I'm just going to
2: go and get some meat out yeah. across my barbecue. Tomorrow
1: I'll be back in a sec.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm here, JP. I'm listening.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And so are the people. I'm surprised he went as far as he did. <laughs> this is always the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, it was... It was... Okay, it was fine. Douglas James is actually quite good as a lightweight wrestler who does um, sort of a combination of some good mat wrestling and some decent strikes. He's very young, but he looked like he was legit knocked out by a forearm from Averno. So the ref stopped the match. And that's one of the two matches on the card. And you're like, right, okay. So not great at all. I think I went about one and a half because it just Averno was just shite. Another one of these kind of plump uh it's probably the right word lucha guys he doesn't give a fuck and is reasonably uncooperative like one of those blokes mm. then they had like a load of interviews which they've been filling out the show with said so stuff with like injustice i know your favorite jordan oliver was on this as well big fan, fun JP. Uh, yeah oh yeah yeah i know and then they've uh, davy boyce smith jr He's there they've got Brian P- those have been running angles with Brian Pillman Jr they had a phone interview with Dan Lambert from American Top Team because K- King Moe is suspended for knocking out Killer Cross in a brawl so because he's obviously on this show mm. so they they still they go on about that they've got um they're bringing in Vikingo who is Arguably the best from AAA. Everyone expected AEW to, to sign him up, to snap him
0: yeah. up. Just, just based on the gifts that were trending you know, for like about six months of him. Could like, be a
1: visa issue.
0: Maybe. Well, we think that, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, It's a bit different with MLW doing actually doing shows in Mexico.
1: If he's going backwards and forwards, that might be an issue as opposed to MLW where he would only be going in for the one show a month, if anything, for that. Mm. But the, yeah, they're bringing him in. Um, And that's really what it is. It's like there's a match at the start. There's a load of little skits and Mm. then there's the end and the skits themselves are generally fine. I could care less about Mance Warner. Um, They've done a good job building up at Alex Hammerstone, I think. Mm. And I mean, next week they've got Richard holiday who isn't great, but has gotten better as a kind of promo. They've got him versus um, Chessman who is shit. Shit. He's the one who dresses up like a kind of wolf pack sting. Mm. Like face paint. Yeah. And then the main the main event in this, they had um Team Filthy. So they are Tom Lawler and Dominic Greeney, which is why I ended up watching it. Um because I like Tom Lawler versus Puma King and Extreme Tiger. Do you was Puma King in Sixteen Carat? Yes. He fuck he looks a bit of a state here. Like he's put like, some weight on.
0: Cause he was over yeah, like, uh, for um, TNT the, the the day before I went to that show. You know, back when we were allowed to go. Well, no, oh, we allowed yeah. to go to shows. Uh, I showed him up close and personal. To be fair, he's a big lad, but he can
1: still he can still move around. A Lot of them are. Well, Pentagon Junior is, isn't he as mm. well? Um, he's all right. His costume looks silly. Mm. I will say that it doesn't look good. And it was kind of good any time it was like Extreme Tiger and Tom Lawler in there. Dominic Guarini in the gi, I don't like at all. I don't like wrestlers in geese. It reminds me of that awful New Japan match. Was it Nakamura and Sakuraba versus the Gracie's <laughs> at the Tokyo Dome mm. or something along those lines? If Joe was on this now, if he it was wasn't
2: listening. ever Tokyo Dome. Oh, it wasn't. No, oh, okay. Just after. I think that was 2014. Mm. So that was the year Nakamura headline with Tanahashi. Yeah, right. That was, it was when around, I was like getting into. It was into, around that time. It was around uh, the time
0: I was getting into modern New Japan. This bit, this era of New Japan, and it very uh, nearly put me off the
1: entire idea, JP. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good, was it? Well, and this, I just don't like wrestlers and geese. I don't mind Dominic Garini, and I know you saw him as the workhorseman when they were. Uh, no, not the he's not in the workhorseman. But, uh, what is it? Violence is. It was forever. Violence is forever, isn't it? It's him and Kevin Koo, mm. and apparently they're fine, but it would work as a stable if they're all sort of dressed up basically as MMA fighters like Tom Lawler is. Mm. And he's great at winding up that crowd as well who mm. are up for being wound up. And so he's doing his usual stuff. They won. It was fine. Yeah, that's MLW. It went on for it a lot longer than I thought it was. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Give him time to get the meat sorted. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, you were the one who spent your time watching it, mate. So.
0: Uh... <laughs> uh, I am... Um... Yeah, I think with MLW, I think it's interesting that they've still got this TV in the can. Like, when's it ends? Like, how, how are they possibly? How are they po- them? I think it's actually just them who have still got stuff in the. T- I think even NXT has ran out of stuff at this point.
1: I reckon they've got. They could get another four weeks out of this. And they're putting retro stuff out as well,
0: aren't they? I saw Kurt Bauer tweeting about that that they're putting out. Yeah. The, uh, the, the NWA are one.
1: doing that now as well, haven't
0: they? They mm. put out
1: some stuff. Um, they remember NWA? Have a match.
0: Yeah. Remember when we used to talk about NWA? Like fucking out. Like yeah. I know it's. I know there's a pandemic going on, but when was the last time you had someone seriously seriously talking about NWA? Um... Yeah, they've been. They got bit... the
1: perfect studio for wrestling, haven't they? Yeah, that's know.
0: true. They could probably come back first if they can afford yeah. it. Um, but there you go, JP, our, our resident MLW uh, correspondent for you. Um, while An you in the coal mine, mate, that's cool. <laughs> while you were doing that, I was uh, watching some shows this week. Like I say, we do. We, we and my mates do a bit of a watch along, and uh, of the of the, the the matches that are on Grapple, uh, there, are, there are a few there aren't that the, that we watch that uh, I can't add on. You know, Gareth can only uh, do so much as far as the app goes. Uh, so some of the other uh, weird and wonderful stuff we watch uh, isn't on there. But of the stuff we watched that was on Grapple, I re-watched, um, you know, Cactus Jack and Max Payne It's the Nasty Boys. I uh, Oh, um, yeah. I gave mm. that 3.75 when we uh, reviewed that on our Spring Stampede 94 review. Right up to four our lads. So it was fucking great watching it back. Good man. work. Uh, the, the amount, that, sorry, the little that Jerry Sags gives a fuck about Mick Foley's life or body... Is really something rewatching that back at another time. Like when we watched that the first time, that pay-view, that was genuinely the first time I'm pretty sure I'd ever seen that match. What an underrated gem from Foley's career that is. And another match, I, so I gave that four on grapple, and another match that I, I gave a rating to, and I literally just entered the rating now because I'd forgotten to do it. And I discovered that you watched it three days ago, Joe. So I don't know if you've got any fresh mods or you want to save it for like a proper podcast at some point. But this week I watched Kenta and Loki. Did you watch that this week as well?
2: Oh, no, no, no. I saw that it was on... Uh, oh, was you went back. I on at ratings and it was on there. Oh. I did watch the match a couple of years ago, though. I remember watching it back. Oh, it really holds up, you know. It really, really does. Yeah, it's, it's, like, good. it's
0: good. I, I think there's something about Loki because he's so he takes himself so seriously uh, his style will never get old I could watch Loki matches for the rest of the time like you could you could have transported that match and Kenta too although he's had highs and lows in his career you could have transported that match to 2020 and it fit in perfectly I give it four and a half on grapple um, I don't remember loving it that much at- I always remember preferring the Danielson Kenta match
2: from Ring of Honor oh that is that. I think that's a five-star match though I think I'll have to re-watch that then uh, maybe yeah that, uh, I list. think it's the atmosphere for that one as well I feel like a bigger match than the mm. Loki-Kenta match does as well. And I, I just think Danielson's a better wrestler than Loki, especially at that point in time. I just don't think there was I I don't think in the US there was anyone mm. better than Brian Danielson at that point. Um, and he's at the top of his game. There's a storyline there. He's a lot more generous than Loki is. I know yeah, Loki that. had a bit more respect for Kenta than he does a lot of people. But oh, yeah. Like the psychology in the Danielson Kent match is off the chart. Like, yeah, you won't be disappointed when you watch that one back. Oh, good stuff. All of forwards.
0: Like, yeah, I think the thing is, yeah, with they, yeah, Loki can be hit and miss at this period. Like, I was, I was telling me mates about that. About like, it was kind of like Loki was this good back then. Why is why why why? Did his career maybe not go as high as we all expected? And the answer was he was a fucking dick, was the problem. And like I remember like during that period, remember when Austin Aries was our awake champion and Gabe booked Loki against Austin Aries in New York? And Loki was like, Yeah, I'm not losing losing in New York, mate. And Gabe was like, Yeah, but but Aries is our champion. And Loki was like, Yeah, still not losing. And they ended up putting Loki over and making it a non-title match. That sums Loki up in this period, but genuinely, when he got in there with a the Kenta. You know, somebody, like you say, who he respected. This was Kenta's uh, ROH debut as well, in pure. In that classic brown and yellow gear that only Kenta could ever pull off. Um, you can tell Loki respects him, yeah, and he goes the extra mile. It takes two go to sleeps, if I remember rightly, to put Loki away. So, you know, of course it does. Yeah, he's still Loki. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still brilliant, yeah. there's just I remember
2: it being a really good... I remember the selling mm. being really good in it. Mm. And I think it was during... I watched it during a period a few years ago where I was watching a lot of Britwrests mm. and a lot of current indie wrestling. Mm. And i got... And a lot of probably, like, NXT as well. And I got quite annoyed at, like, what selling had kind of become at points. Mm. Not across the board, but with a lot of guys who weren't sort of valuing it and were going for sort of the easier pops and matches. And I am watching it thinking, right, okay. Indie wrestling 2005 there was a hell of a lot of selling and people were still connecting with crowds Mm. via their selling. And it just felt like something that didn't exist in the same sort of way it even did back then. If Mm. anything, it sort of maybe spoke to attention spans and where attention spans have maybe gone in the last 10, 15 years or so. I don't know.
0: Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, again, I think, Kenta and Loki are two people who, you know, you might accuse at times of of no selling, but no, that wasn't out for me. They they were bumping they, they were selling at the right times for each other. Uh Definitely. it made, yeah, it, yeah. it was a stiff match, but you know, everything that landed, you know, because yeah, of the selling and because of the way uh they both kind of had the respect for each other, it, it did make it that much better. Yeah. Honestly, I, I remembered it being great, but I am not sure I would have put four and a half stars on it until I rewatched it. And I'm glad I did. Uh, so yeah, I rewatched that. Uh, one that was a lesser match that I re-watched, Triple H and Batista from that WrestleMania that one year. <laughs> when, uh, that was a Matty choice. Uh, I think it was, anyway, when Batista uh, turned on Evolution. Although, one thing we did know when we were chatting about it, like, that is literally. Is that the last organic WrestleMania main event? Because that was kind of our talking point. Because it was like, Batista's turn on evolution. That was a great story. And they went with Batista as this guy that was bubbling under as a heel that the fans were into. Don't get me wrong, the match wasn't great. It was a gentleman's three if I've ever seen one. But they went with it. They went all the way. Triple H bumped around and bled and got Batista over. And it was, you know, job well done. Uh, I was thinking about it. So, yeah, if if Batista had organically got over as the. Because he was kind of, for his role, relatively old, you know, in his late 30s at that point. I wonder whether uh, maybe Vince would have gone with him anyway today. But I wonder whether they'd have listened to the crowd in the way they did back then when they uh, clearly preferred Randy Orton at the time.
1: I think he's the most selfless that um, Triple H has ever been in his entire career. Has mm. it? It's the most
2: he's ever put someone over, like good and proper yeah. that. His mm. last is, great WrestleMania match.
0: Yeah, so, again, his last great WrestleMania match, isn't it? I, I, uh, I suppose. The
2: Batista match.
0: Yeah, I was going to say you're going to say the uh, the Undertaker matches aren't you? I hate them.
2: <laughs> the last oh, one no, I enjoyed. What, what really about the Brian match? Uh, yeah, the Brian yeah. match. Maybe I'm being harsh. Best WrestleMania match, like in uh, in the last however You know many what? You're right.
0: I'll, I'll retract that because I think when I think Triple H WrestleMania, I think of like the ball fests. I think of the other Batista match. I think of the stage oh, match. to make. Bro. Yeah.
1: I are the first who's done that.
2: Mm. With organic WrestleMania main events, Orton Triple H felt organic in 2009. The finish of the match and the way the match was wrestled was not organic. Mm. And it fucked it. Because I remember it actually being a good, well-built feud at the time. And I remember the crowds being really hot. I think people forget how over Randy Orton was at that point in time. He felt hot they fucked him in that main event I and mean, when they fucked him the next night on Raw when they had Vince beating him down it was like what? You're mm-hmm. not meant to be your number one heel and you've got this like bloke in his mid-60s here beating him down this doesn't feel right um, but yeah it's a, he's interesting argument that I'm trying to think of other Wrestlemania main events that felt organic and mm-hmm. made something at the end of it and it just feels like the kind of contrived Roman Reigns era yeah. is the one that sort of comes to mind and none of yeah. it was organic no. yeah
0: like it really does, because that 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 period in two thousand five is like you can still it still feels a little bit attitude eerie. You know what I mean? That they're not quite fully into the the Cena era, but from that point on, like that's you know. Ang- yeah.
2: Angle, Angle, Lesnar. That was two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: before that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. yeah, and then it's just a smart I think that's the thing like every Wrestlemania since pretty much blares together in my memory really I don't really have huge uh, favourite memories of uh, recent WrestleManias other than the Brian match like you said uh, but yeah interesting that was rewatching and yeah the last one I'll mention that I, I rewatched just because uh, it was another one that I, I was I rated on grapple uh, controversial one. this lads I entered another five star match into my uh, my grapple cannon uh, <laughs> maybe it's one for another show we'll, we'll talk about or review it properly but I gave Hogan Warrior five stars lads uh, I was uh, I was wondering whether I would honestly as put as well put together matches pat patterson will always get the credit for that one as far as I'm concerned like Bryce Remsberg in that Invisible Man match Pat Patterson should be the third man on Grapple uh, as far as rating to <laughs> go for that match genuinely still a still a five star match uh, absolutely love rewatching watching that one as well a great trip down uh, memory lane and yeah work rate uh, enthusiasts might be uh, alarmed at me giving that one but I'm telling you it's the perfect WWE match two megastars at the time well laid out it's hokey in parts but it's still an ultimate warrior match at the end of the day I don't think WWE wrestling gets it's much you know very you know if we're talking wwe style wrestling i think that match even hogan rock i think they're kind of the peaks of you know and you know the austin rock matches as well mm. of like your sports entertainment style i'll stand by that rating but maybe that's a, a match that we can revisit at some point in, uh, and do a proper review
1: it's hard to believe warrior in five stars <laughs> hogan and <in> five stars <laughs> Tough, the two of them together maybe there's a bit of nostalgia in there as well GP, yeah. but you know yeah, I, I love it on. I do love it uh, I can remember it for, I remember it the first time I saw it and I absolutely loved it mm. and so, then realised very quickly afterwards that I hated both of them <laughs> like, I couldn't work out why back then but I just hated them <laughs> that's it but yeah that was fun too so yeah rated all those on Grapple and obviously you can
0: too if you watch any uh, any retro stuff during all this time, time then yeah enter your ratings on Grapple Garrett's uh, filled in uh, the blanks on a lot of stuff uh, since we did our WCW pay-per-view last week there's a uh, every WCW pay-per-view right through to 99, 2000, 2001 is, uh, is on there now for rating and yeah you can go back and uh, rate classic WWF stuff and even classic Ring of Honor stuff like uh cancer Loki, like, uh, like me and Joe did there too, uh, but yeah, before we go uh, anything else from you guys, anything else you've watched anything else you want to mention before we uh, roll out of here?
1: Very quickly, you mentioned about Loki, one place he's behaved himself MLW <laughs> Just and that is it that's all on
0: me last place you can work JP's bur- Is in in Austin areas they've burnt every other bridge there's nowhere left to go that's it <laughs> the NWA B- for low key oh that'll be next though. I can't see the, the stylistic yeah. trait isn't quite there I reckon he'll get a little AW run and he'll be there for a month and he'll piss everyone off and then he'll get sacked because he wants to beat everybody. That's just Loki's story. Look, I wish I wish more of these fucking beta WWE wrestlers who are happy to go to TV tapings every week and risk their lives and not speak up. I wish some of them had some of Loki's attitude and took themselves a bit more seriously and protected themselves a bit more. I reckon we'd have more stars in modern wrestling if that was the case.
2: But anyway, Well, Because then you wouldn't have a load of people who stay in line, and then you wouldn't be able to sack everyone, would you?
0: Exactly, exactly. We need more low keys in the world, is, uh, is what I'm saying. Maybe not more Austin
2: than Aries, but I'll leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty, pretty
0: much it for the uh, the end of the show. Then in that case, uh, obviously follow JP as usual on Twitter uh, at JPJP. Follow me at Benson Richard D, e, and also follow the Grapple App at Grapple App. And uh, yeah, if you haven't listened already, we did our WCW Bash at the Beach 1997 review uh, midweek, which was a whole lot of fun with uh, with Martin Bush, Beekeeper, yeah. and I. Uh, on things as we'll be uh, revisiting some more uh 90s stuff coming coming up so yeah keep an eye out but other than that we'll be back with a hopefully a regular spotlight if Vincent McMahon continues to uh, to go insane and we have uh, plenty of news to talk about hmm. again next Saturday but uh, sorry next Monday but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll find stuff but until then we'll see you again soon bye there ya.